Sports Talk Daily with Andrew Hustler-Patterson and Michael Remus. What's going on, everybody? Let's do this. Another week of Winnipeg Sports Talk is live on YouTube. And for those of you listening this afternoon and this evening on the podcast, great to have you with us. Andrew Patterson along with Michael Remus. And holy smokes, we've got a lot of wins to talk about from our Winnipeg teams on the weekend. Jets getting it done. Bombers, <laughs> another massacre of an overmatched CFL opponent. Couple wins for the Moose. The Ice are 9-0. and uh, It was a good, good, great weekend for Winnipeg sports fans. And we are going to be all over it on today's show. Um, the Jets, of course, got those two big home wins to get back to 500. They are heading on the road this afternoon back to California. And Sean Reynolds of Sportsnet and Kenny and Rennie fame will join us with his new short hair a little bit later on the program. And before that, we will welcome in the land shark himself, the sack chef, the one and only Willie Jefferson to the program. Um, great to see everybody with us in the YouTube chat. Uh, lots of people loving the new intro that Michael Remus put together. We'll uh, get Remo in in a second. Just before we do that, I do want to thank all the sponsors that make this show happen each and every day, including Culligan Water, Manitoba Battery, Royal Sports, Princess Auto, Little Brown Jug, Boston Pizza, Not Auto Corp, Canadian Club Whiskey, and of course our friends at the Nick and Nicky DQ Group and our betting partner, Cool Bet Canada. So Willie Jefferson coming up. Jets talk with Sean Reynolds. Might even get to... Some NFL at the end of the program. Hopefully we won't have time for it, though, because uh, that was about the only thing that didn't go my way. Although, killed it betting, but part of those bets was a bet against the Chiefs <laughs> because I was so worried about what Derek Henry was going to do. And lo and behold, that was an all-time stinker. But I'm glad we don't need to spend much time on that because there's so much good stuff to talk about with our Winnipeg teams. And let's get Remus in here to get things going for the weekend for the week. And uh, Remo, how was your weekend? By the way, sweet new intro. Credit to you for uh, making that happen. Whoa, and a new haircut for Remus too. Jeez, fresh, fresh cut. Yeah, I got a haircut uh, this morning. So sure. Were you inspired by Reynolds, knowing that he was going to come on? You needed to sort of up your game? Yeah, ex- exactly. Yeah, inspired by Reynolds. I was like, yeah, I'll come in with a with a haircut. So uh, what's up? Sorry, everyone on the podcast. You'll just have to uh, go in and hit like and subscribe. On our YouTube channel, if you want to see all the goodies that uh, we're offering up. But it was a great weekend. I actually had an awesome Saturday night. Um, You know, I didn't have to choose which one to go to. So I was at home flipping back and forth between the TVs. And uh, I actually enjoyed that. Um, You know, as they see, I don't think the attendance was affected horribly. I definitely, I can say that it was, but it was kind of cool, cool having two games on at the same time on my TV. It was a nice Winnipeg sports evening. Ideally, you would like to see them spread out. We can get to that later. We don't want to trigger anyone, hustler, <laughs> hustler. But uh, I mean, what a performance by the Bombers on Saturday. I mean, I saw people complaining that the BC Lions like didn't show up for the game. I was like, I don't know. Like, have you watched the Bombers this year? That's kind of what they do to teams week in and week out. Maybe not, you know, hit the over of the game total on their own while shutting out their opponent. We don't see that too often, <laughs> but but they do do- routinely dominate other teams in the Jets as well. Um, I think you called it last week. Huss. You're like, you know, the Jets are going to be fine. They're going to win both their home games. I'm not going to be too concerned, and they came. They won on Thursday. 
um, and won again on Saturday. Now, I think you can say there's a couple issues here, a um, couple issues with the penalty kill st- still. But, hey, Kyle Connor just named first star of the week. So there was definitely a lot of good as well. Yeah, the Jets not quite in the bomber stratosphere right now, uh, no. clinching the division with about, well, four games, What I guess three games left in the season for the Bombers as they're into the bye week right now. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, I thought there was a good chance the Jets could win. I mean, those changed a little bit when seeing the situation with Mark Scheifele going into the home opener. But I'll tell you what, Remo, like the, the, these two games just from the Jets, and we'll get to the Bombers in just a second. Um the fact that they were able to win the way they did with the contributions from the players that they did without Shifley and without Wheeler, I think is a huge, huge thing for this team going forward in that. And I think I talked about this with, with Ken last week. I mean, Maurice, I'm not going to get into, you know, all the strengths and weaknesses of Maurice or, you know, perceived by me or anybody else out there. But the one thing that I think that history has shown us is that, you know, many of the tweaks that we've seen have come through necessity. You know, a guy gets hurt, so they'll put some guys together. Or, you know, some things just aren't working, so then they'll get a new look. I mean, uh, the, the word I used was proactive. I mean, you know, there's some things that, you know, Maurice has relied on in the past, and a big part of that has been the top line of Connor Shafley wheeler But it has been so heavily, like, he's leaned so heavily on those players. Listen, they've had some great success. But at the same time, I mean, if you look back at some of the numbers, the the pro and the cons, uh, there certainly was arguments that maybe a, a different formation, at least of those top nine forwards, would be better for the team overall. Um, we'll see what happens going forward. But one thing I will say is that you know this combination of Pierre Luc Dubois with Kyle Connors, it, Kyle Connor is electric. Connor is absolutely driving a line and Dubois playing the best hockey that he's played since, you know, he's been here. The funny thing about all this is Nikolai Ehlers is still, you know, without a goal for the season. And I really thought that he would break that streak on Saturday. That did not happen, but you know, that it's just about it. And the bottom line from my perspective, Reem is that if this team can continue to play the way they're playing without Wheeler and without Shifley, um, I think when those players come back, it really adds some new looks and some new possibilities for Paul Maurice, ones that he might not have considered beforehand, but I think now absolutely will because of the results he's getting from players and the way they're doing right now without Shifley and Wheeler in the mix. Yeah, I mean, where to start here? Um, you know, you talk about Pierre-Luc Dubois playing. He's got a, a four-game goal streak. I think he's approaching his total, what, in five games of the Jets that he had all of last season, and we talked about this all summer, um, how last year I think was a write-off for a lot of people. Nate Schmidt, one of those people as well, who had three assists on Saturday's game and a couple uh, in the game before. Um, you know, Pierre-Luc Dubois came in, you know, had to quarantine, got injured, you know, adjusting to a new team, a whole new atmosphere. And I think if you were a guy, like, again, like Nate Schmidt too, who was adjusting to a new team in a, you know, in the pandemic atmosphere, it's tough. It takes a toll on you personally. And Josh Morrissey, another guy who had, you know, pandemic-related and family-related stuff that, you know, sorry, family-related stuff that was difficult, but the pandemic made it even even tougher. And I think a lot of those guys, you saw it talk about Pierre-Luc Dubois, he's very, you hear all every interview, he knows he wasn't great, he was very driven to be better, but this guy, as Paul Maurice would say, has, he looks like a man out there on ice. This guy is big, <laughs> he goes into the corners, he bangs home pucks in front of the net, he's got hands, he can skate, 
this guy is a really good player and he's off to a good start. But he'll, I think he'll tell you that he has more. And not only is he off to a good start, he's also in a contract year. He's an RFA and uh, he's been excellent. Kyle Connor and him, as I said, Kyle Connor, five goals, three assists. He's, you know, first star of the week ahead of the chosen one, Connor McDavid. And these two guys have found some magic. And I really like the power play as well with Nikolai Ehlers and Kyle Connor. I know Ehlers what, didn't get a point on one of those Connor one-timers from the right dot. But, I mean, this you talk about the lines as well. What do you do with Strafe and Wheeler? I mean, I think it's hard to break up what's going, you know, what's going so great. But um, I think the power play too. I like to see Ehlers and Connor on the same power play. Pionk, uh, you know, has been been good. I mean, feeding Connor on the right dot. I know traditionally we've had what Wheeler on the right dot, you know, feeding Shafley on the left. Maybe there's, you know, you can split those guys up and have Connor and Ehlers on one because it's looked looked really strong, really strong there. So I think there's a lot of a lot of positives. We didn't get into the penalty kill, which you know gave up some more goals again but I think Hellebuck has been you know he's he stumbled out of the gate against Gibson and he but he's been very good the last couple of games so I mean it was all it was has they just need to come home and have some home cooking and it seems like every concern that we had I don't want to say is gone because we do mention the penalty kill but it's you know you lose two guys atmosphere and a lot better on the Monday yeah. after a couple you, wins and it, it, we all know that if it went the other way though that you have the panic button back up at the top corner of the screen and we'd be leaning on it leaning on it heavily um, but that wasn't the case and the Jets now two two and one on the season uh, they're going back to take on the Ducks again the Sharks and the Kings over this course of this next week. Um, and, you know, a big opportunity to go in and, and try and build off what they got going at home um, with a bunch of new looks. Um, so, yeah, two very big wins for the hockey team and I think in a much better position going forward. And, you know, just back to Saturday for a minute, a couple guys that, you know, certainly should get singled out. Um, Nate Schmidt had a big game, three assists. And one of those assists was on the first NHL goal of Christian Veselin and Reem, who finally was rewarded. I mean, I think he has been, you know, certainly working hard, trying to make sure that he maintains his spot in the lineup and, you know, doesn't get burned the other way, holds his own defensively. Um, But he had a couple glorious opportunities earlier in the game that weren't able to go in. And then the funny, funny how it works. uh, It wasn't even a shot. It was a deflection. Then ended up getting his first NHL goal. But nice reward for Veselina with the hardest hard work that he's put in. And uh, Nate Schmidt, a big part of a lot of the offense that took place on Saturday night. Yeah, Nate, what, three assists, as you said. I mean, he's been he's been great. He's given that the Jets defense, you know, another offensive touch that they've kind of lost, you know, since losing uh, losing Bufflin. And he's fit in real well. And I said it before, you know, he was on Vancouver. He had shown history of success in the past. Vancouver was a pretty rough team. You know, they had the, you know, pandemic. There was an outbreak in Vancouver. I mean, it went about as bad as it could. And, you know, if you thought Schmidt was a good player, I mean, if you thought all these guys like Morrissey, like Dubois and Schmidt, who had shown histories of success in the past, you know, had down years, I think it was logical to think, okay, these guys, you know, aren't as bad uh, as they as they seem. Um, so I um, mean, yeah, he's fit in, fit in great, and added an offensive element to the, you know, to the back end, which we've talked about before. They really didn't have, and you'll get the scoring from defensemen other than Pionk and Morrissey. Uh, wasn't wasn't much there. Uh, Veselainen, I mean, at, at five on five, his results um, had been there for sure. Um, you know, he wasn't on for goals against, but hadn't been on for goals for. 
and I and he had chances. You know, we saw him in the playoffs too. I thought um, he had you know looked looked great, but the puck wasn't going in. And you know, you get in the right spot, you tip a puck, it goes in. Congratulations to him, and hopefully it's the start of many more. I mean, he still hasn't been. He's in fifty one. Uh, sorry, <clears throat> fifty minutes. Us. He hasn't been on for a goal against at five on five Vesselin. He's now got been on the ice for three goals for. I think that's you know that's something to watch going forward and. You know, maybe he's. I keep calling him. You know, the new uh, Yoel Armia, has, just because he's on the third line. He's a Finnish guy. You know, a former first round pick. Maybe he thought he was going to be the scorer who could snipe one timers all the time, but he's kind of seems like he's coming to this more uh, well rounded <laughs> player. Yeah, and you know, just one other thing about you know dealing with the loss of Shifley and Wheeler right now um, because of the cap. And again, this is a little bit nuts that it is the case, but whatever. I mean, that's the rules for everyone um, because of how close the jets are to the cap. And these guys are on it and are counting. They can't bring up any other players. So they've been forced to go in an 11, seven um, formation for the last couple of games. What that has done though, it's allowed Maurice to get Kyle Connor and Nikolai Ehlers out there a little bit more. And, Certainly, the more you can get Kyle Connor out right now, the better. Um, he's making a real push, not just to be a star for the Winnipeg Jets, which he's been. Who knows how many goals he might be able to score this year. But certainly letting everyone know that um, he should be considered not just to be on the Olympic team, uh, but for you know a very important role on that U.S. Olympic team going forward. So Connor and Ehlers, it's been interesting. I mean, I don't think this is something that you'd want to do consistently, but for a short period of time, the ability to get a couple of those players out a little bit more, I think, is certainly good, especially for Ehlers, who I think many of us agree when he gets a goal, um, the floodgates will open because he's certainly getting a lot of shot attempts, a lot of pucks on net, just haven't gone in so far. Been a little different story for Connor right now. It seems like everything he touches is either going in. Um, but of course, Pierre-Luc Dubois now with, what, four and five? Um, this is... There's so many good things coming out of a little bit of adversity for a hockey club that can make the team go forward. I guess one of the things we'll talk to Sean about is how things are shaping up on the road. We still have yet to see Eric Comrie, and Paul Maurice did mention that, you know, he's got, you know, a couple games circled for um, Eric coming up. So, I mean, that will be interesting to see how that plays out. Um, but I guess the other thing, Remus, is just the status of Wheeler and Shifley. And Shifley was not out for practice again today. He obviously has not tested negative enough times. And what complicates this, as I understand it, Reem, is because he's been positive, there's issues with him traveling to the United States. So I think we can pretty much forget about Shifley on this trip. And ironically, Wheeler is already in the state. So if he were to come back and get cleared, I guess there is the potential that he could play at some point on this trip. But I think right now, and we'll hear from Maurice a little bit later on, I think the focus is to try to keep building on what they've accomplished in these last couple of games with the new look lines um, and with 55 and 26 out of the lineup. Yeah, I'm just, you know, reading the reports um, from practice. If, you know, they ran the same lines and we mentioned that, you know, it's so weird has that these guys are not available to the team. They're both in COVID protocol, but doesn't free up any salary cap room. It seems odd to me. There are a couple teams. I know Pittsburgh has what uh, they had Latang and COVID maybe. And I know uh, Chicago has Kane in, uh, in COVID protocol. Seems like, you know, these guys should, these teams should be able to call up a player and get some salary cap relief. I, I don't know who, who came up with these rules, but uh, it's unfortunate for the Jets. 
It seems like, so this is what they said today. Mike McIntyre tweeting says, Wheeler and Trefley remain in protocol, no timetable for return, and, and the cap constraints prevent them from calling anyone up. It seems like because of the border, Shifley is not going to be able to go on the road trip, as you said. Wheeler, I'm not as positive. Maybe um, Sean can clear that up later, but uh, it's an odd situation. But, you know, these guys go out and other people have stepped up. As we said, Kyle Connor for a star of the week. And, uh, you know, it seems to be humming along. And we thought last week, Hus, oh, they can't win. Can't win without Mark Shifley after uh, they lost the first game following his suspense. How many games in a row without Shifley? So they did win a couple. A season people saying, ah, you know, but it was against Anaheim and against Nashville. Well, they lost to Anaheim before, and I know Nashville's not great. They need You can only play who the schedule says, and they won. So um, it was an exciting Saturday with two wins, one of them in very dominating fashion. The other one, they got out to a lead. It was close at the end, so... Um, you know, you could you could watch you know the bomber game at the start, and then if you had one TV, switch to the Jets for the end. That would put in the <laughs> well, ideal and, plan. And speaking of that, with all the talk about you know kind of forcing people to pick one or the other on Saturday night with home games of the Jets and Bombers um, at starting at the same time, shout out to the Bombers for you know basically just blitzing the daylights out of BC and allowing people to focus. Uh, you know, if they weren't at the game on uh, a little bit of a tighter. And game for the uh, the hockey club at the same time. I mean, the Bombers are just an absolute steamroller. This team is incredible. I, we've talked about it, and I try not to get too, uh, you know, in this sort of business when we're talking about this stuff for hours every day. Um, yeah, there's a lot of hot takes, and there's a lot of things you bring up for discussion. Um, but, I mean, being a guy that, you know, loves our Winnipeg teams, I mean, I try not to get too hyperbolic when we talk about some of the things or accomplishments, but I'm done with that. This bomber team is one of the great teams we've ever seen. And this defense is historically good. I mean, right up with the best defenses that have ever been put together in the Canadian football league. And, uh, you know, this isn't just me as a guy that loves the bombers saying this, this is a guy that's looking at the results. And, you know, we'll talk about this with Willie Jefferson coming up in a few minutes. I mean, the 30 to three win in BC, where they held them to under 200 yards, Mike Riley at home. I didn't think we could see a better performance. I kind of thought that that was the bar. Um, well, apparently not. How's a shutout for you? I mean, the Bombers have, have outscored BC in these two games 75-3. to three. They've outscored teams in the fourth quarter, got 106-6, to six, six points. Um, you know, I could spend the entire next 90 minutes just going down what this Bomber defense has done that you know we haven't seen even in this in the stratosphere for a long time I and mean, really dating back to those great teams of the 80s and potentially 1990 um but i mean even as great as that 19 uh, the 2019 defense was the 2011 defense um what willie jefferson and the rest of his teammates are doing right now is really incredible and I guess the big story coming out of it, other than the fact that they got the shutout, Remus, was um, what was essentially a fait accompli is completed. The West final is booked. Bundle up. Get ready for the 5th of December. Um, for people that are corporate partners, for people that have season tickets right now, obviously your tickets are part of your package, so you'll have tickets for the playoff game. Uh, you can get additional ones right now ahead of general public, but tomorrow morning, December 5th, West Final tickets go on sale. I know it's going to be late in the season. I know it's going to be cold. But I'll tell you what, Remo, this is a team that has earned 
every ounce of support from the Winnipeg fans that they've been shown. And I really hope I'm going to be there. And I hope this city fills that place for a game to see whether this bomber can team can continue a historic run, get back to the great cup. And I know we've been doing a lot of hashtag for the W the last couple of years. Now the hashtag is defend the cup. One more game to get there. That's December 5th and tickets go on sale tomorrow. Yeah, um, it's been incredible to watch the Bombers team. And the one thing that sticks out is just how much better they are than every other team in the league Um, on offense. You know, all the receiver, Rashid Bailey, he's looking good. Uh, Kenny Lawler, Darvin Adams had a big catch. You know, Andrew Harris goes down, Brady Oliveira steps in. Johnny Augustine rips some big runs as well. And then on defense, I mean, how we've talked about this all year. How many guys on their team are the best player at their position in the league? And I don't know, at least three or four. I mean, you, Jeff. I mean, and there's other guys too that we, you know we don't get don't get as much credit as those other players who are still you know very strong. And they still are bringing in Winston Rose, who they sign, and Sergio Castillo. So we're you know yelling at them to get a kicker. They go out and do <laughs> just that. So uh, I mean, another incredible performance. Uh, I agree. They, you know, I thought BC was pretty good heading into the first time they played. You know, Lucky Whitehead goes down, and they haven't been the same since offensively. But I mean, you watch the Bombers against other team and other watch other teams. The Bombers are are just uh, head and shoulders above the rest of the league. And you, now that they've clinched a spot in the West Final, um, you know, just one win away from you know being able to defend the Grey Cup. And we do have weather watch here, uh, so there is weather watch and. You know, you can go bundle up, have a good time. We've all been to cold games, but here's AccuWeather, which I've been tracking. <laughs> the daytime high is minus nine. Feel, real feel is minus fifteen, whatever that means. Some gust of winds. Nighttime minus sixteen. So I guess that what it's a three thirty kickoff. We'll go with. We'll okay, say this is minus totally nine fake high. news, everybody. I am. Uh, I pride myself in being a bit of an amateur weather aficionado, and. We're not getting accurate forecasts six weeks out. Like, <laughs> yeah. it's October right now. This is in December. We're not getting, oh, okay, minus nine. Well, let's just plan accordingly. Yeah. No, I think we're going to need to pay attention to it. The one it's, thing I know, here's what the forecast calls. It's for a lot of blue, bundled up blue asses in seats, a very loud crowd, and a football team that goes and plays their asses off for 60 minutes and books a ticket to the Grey Cup. I don't know who it's going to be. Is it going to be Saskatchewan Rough Riders? They had a big win over Calgary on the weekend. Will it be Calgary? Can BC somehow turn it around and get in and make a way? I'm not sure. But I do know that the Bombers will be a prohibitive favorite, as they should be. And if they play anywhere close to the level that we've seen over the last couple months, the Bombers will be in the Grey Cup in Hamilton and will look to do exactly what they're trying, and that is defend the Cup and keep it right here in Winnipeg. Speaking of that, I'm going to get to it with Willie Jefferson in just a second. Uh, well, we will talk Moose and Ice. You know, perfect weekend for both of those teams. Oh, and I should mention while we're getting into football, uh, the only blemish on our card, really, when it comes to fans from Winnipeg and Southern Manitoba was the Bisons. The Bisons have had such a great season so far. They went into the weekend as the number four ranked team in Canada. Uh, they lost a tough one, 26-24 to the UBC Thunderbirds. But the Bombers have been rolling. We'll get to Willie Jefferson in just a second and much more on the Winnipeg Jets as they head out on the road. We'll hear from Coach Paul Maurice a little bit later on and Sean Reynolds of Sportsnet will join us coming up after Willie Jefferson. I do want to thank Culligan Water 
for coming on board with WST, celebrating 65 years in Winnipeg and Southern Manitoba. Culligan, family-owned and the go-to people for water filtration services, home delivery services for uh, for decades and still doing it. Um, they've got it all, water softeners and filters, drinking water systems, whole home drinking systems, as well as bottled water coolers, bottle-free coolers, and water delivery services citywide. They'll also have commercial and industrial water services and products if you need them for your office. Find out everything that the Culligan Man and the Culligan experts can do for you at drinkculligan.com. Pop by and see them at 1200 Sargent Avenue, or you can give them a call at 694-5180. Friday, I popped over and saw the gang over at uh, Manitoba Battery. It's busy, but it's getting even busier as the cold weather is just around the corner. Don't be that guy that waits till it's minus 35 to, you know, realize that you need a battery. Be proactive. You can do it right now, and you won't even need to leave your house. If you do want to leave it, of course, you'll get the best price in town. Pop on down to see him on Logan at Manitoba Battery. If you pop in, it picked up $89.50 with the core exchange, meaning they get the old battery back, or delivered within city limits, $109.50 with a $15 recycling rebate when the core is returned. Um, You can pop down and get your batteries for literally everything, not just automotive. Your sled's coming up. You need that maintainer for your summer boat or winter car or summer boat or car. They've got all that. Go to manitobabattery.com. Find out everything they've got, but uh, support local and get the best price in town at Manitoba Battery. And uh, shout out to Royal Sports Huge snowboard sale on the weekend. Um, they've always been the leaders when it comes to snowboards. The hockey department is absolutely smoking busy right now with the uh, game being back on at all levels. And uh, the merch, I know there was a lot of bomber Grey Cup champion toques that were going out before the game on Saturday night, uh, not to mention a lot of great new Jets merch. So if you're looking to support one of your local teams, make Royal Sports your first stop. If you are looking to play, Royal Sports is the sports superstore. They've got it all for you. And don't forget um, those limited edition new era Blake Wheeler hats, the wheel, as well as the Biggie Funk logo. A number of models are all in at Royal Sports. That's the place to get them. And 100% of the proceeds go to support Cancer Care Manitoba. Uh, You can find out more on what they've got going on, Royal Sports, at Royal Sports Pemina on Instagram as well. All right, we're going to get to the Jets a little bit later on. But coming off a 45-0 massacre of the British Columbia Lions, it is great to catch up with the one and only Willie Jefferson here on Winnipeg Sports Talk. The sack chef, the man himself, the land shark, Willie Jefferson of the Bombers. Willie, what's up? Great to have you back on Winnipeg Sports Talk. How are you? Man, I'm good, man. I'm blessed. Happy to be here. How y'all doing? Uh, I, well, doing great. And listen, everyone in the Bomber Nation's feeling pretty good right now. Everyone's walking a little taller around the city, and um, you and your teammates are a big, big part of that. Uh, just overall, before we talk about the game, the bye week, everything else going on, um, how are you feeling right now? And uh, what's it like being part of this defense that just has its way with their opponents for 60 minutes, it seems, every time you take the field? Man, I'm, I'm good. I feel feel good going into the bye week. Hopefully coming out of the bye week feeling feeling refreshed, ready to, you know, finish off the season. Uh, 
amp it up, getting ready to go into the playoffs and things like that. But, I mean, it feels good to play on this defense, have guys that I know is going to have my back, guys that I can depend on, guys that uh, that I can rely on to do their job. And I don't have to worry about, you know, much. You know what I'm saying? As long as I can get to the quarterback, make him uncomfortable, I know my guys in the, behind me are going to handle their job to the uh, best of their abilities. You know, we play for each other and we play for our fans. And our fans uh, come to the games and give us everything they got. And it's, it's, it's no way that we can lose with that. Uh, I'll be honest. I, I didn't think that we would be able to get a better defensive performance than the one that you guys put on a few weeks ago in B- against BC on the road, holding them to three points. Uh, I was wrong. Uh, a shutout on Saturday, 45 nothing, complete domination <laughs> from start to finish. Um, I, looking back at that game, I mean, I don't want to ask if it was easy, but I mean, how are you guys able to do this and not do it at just such a high level, but so consistently game after game? And I mean, right now you look back at Saturday, series for series, every single play, basically. And it's the process that we put in during the week and the way Coach O'Shea leads us and, you know what I'm saying, believes in the leaders on our team. And we just take care of it from there. You know, we we put in a lot of work preparation-wise, defense. You know, we we do a lot of film study. We do a lot of, you know, one-on-one study uh, against our opponent and things like that. And then when we come together as a whole defense and we get to talk to each other and tell each other what keys we found out, you know, what tendencies that we found out and uh, slow the game down when it comes to the game. Is is you know it's second nature you know especially going against our offense high power guys you know fast guys you know uh, Andrew Zach uh, D A Dembski Yosh Stan you know uh, Mike these guys are you know what I'm saying top tier guys so when we get a chance to go into the game and then play against these guys that you know aren't as good as they are or you know you know what I'm saying aren't as fast as they are the game tends to slow down and we just can tend to have our way. And we tend to, you know, not take our foot off the gas when we, you know, say when we get it started. And if we can play like that for 60 minutes, it's going to be hard for teams to beat us. And you know, they have to come with their A game. And if they slack off, it's going to be hard for them. You know, you mentioned practice, and I'm glad you brought it up because I did want to ask you. Um, going up against those guys, t- tell Bomber fans, they don't really get behind the scenes. I mean, how much are you guys actually going head-to-head with that offense? And what's that little internal competition like? Uh, because we know it's certainly paying dividends when you guys get out on the football field for real. Man, it's, 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 it's amazing. It's, it's magical, you know what I'm saying? Like, you get the, like, you know what I'm saying? The fans get to see Stan do what he do, Yosh do what he do, Zach, D.A., you know, Nick, Andrew, Brady, you know, everybody, you know, the fans get to see that from one side of the spectrum. And then when we get on the field, they get to see me, Biggs, Jackson, Stove, Jake, B.A., the corners, you know, seeing everybody do what they do on the defense. But, you know what I'm saying, we play at a high intensity, but, you know what I'm saying, get a chance to go, you know, good on good, ones on ones at practice and stuff like that, man. It's, it's amazing, you know, just to, you know, give – Yosh and Stan, my my best moves and stuff like that for them try to defend me and for us to, you know, just just uh compete. You know, the the, the competition part is the is the most important part about practice. And Coach O'Shea, you know, you know what I'm saying, wants us to compete against each other, wants us to go hard and things like that, because 
you know, we, we only get so many uh, reps and practice and things like that. And we want to get ready for the game. We want to get ready for the week. But we want to give each other, you know, our best look. So they can, you know what I'm saying, so they can get ready to do what they got to do for the game and play at a high level. So, you know what I'm saying, practice all, practices are intense. Practices are very competitive, you know, but they are very fun, you know. And, you know, we learn a lot from each other. You know, we talk a lot in between plays, in between periods and things like that. And I feel like that's what makes us a great team because we uh, are not out here trying to beat up on each other or just, you know, trying to uh, make each other look bad. We out here trying to, you know, make each other better, make each other uh, more competitive, more, you know what I'm saying, more in, in tune to the game. And that's, and that's, uh, and you can see it when it comes to the game. Well, it, it iron sharpens iron, and uh, we're seeing the results of that when you guys get out. I mean, a 45 nothing win, a shutout. Um, how would you rate that performance for this defense? Um, does it get any better than that? I'm not sure that it could. I'm saying we, we still got a lot of room to grow. Uh, we made a couple mistakes. You know, we let them, you know, uh, you know, get a couple first downs that we think that you know, should have been two and outs and things like that. A couple of plays that we got away from. So, you know, we could we could always be better. And our offense feels the same way. So, you know, uh, we're just going to keep growing, you know, one and oh each week. Hey, you know, we spend so much time talking about this team overall and especially the defense. And your name's right at the top of the list. Jackson Jeffcoat, Adam Big Hill, Brandon Alexander, you mentioned. You know, there were the rookie corners, Nichols and Alford coming in. But is there a... Is there an unsung hero of the defense, a guy that maybe we don't talk about very much that maybe should get a little bit more love, but is overshadowed by some of the bigger stars on this D? Uh, Mike Jones, Nick Taylor, uh, Steve Richardson, Jay Thomas. You know, those guys are, you know, starters. Those guys are guys that make plays. You know, week in, week out, show up to practice week in, week out, you know, put in the uh put in the time, put in the, you know, the, the plays, you know, they make plays. But like I said, like you said, you know, they plays might get swept under the rug because it's just, you know, first down stops or, you know, incomplete passes, plant pass knockdowns, regular tackles and things like that get overshadowed by, you know, a big interception or, you know, a two-sack, three-sack game or, you know, uh, 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 a big hit by a cornerback. You know, these guys put in work, make plays consistently, you know, and they've been here for, you know, the first great cup and going to be here for this great cup, you know, when we when we, when we we put in our work to finish out the season. So, you know, those are guys that, that need to be, you know, shown some love and things like that because they put in work just like everybody else. Willie Jefferson of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, 10-1 and one on the season, clinching the West Final on Saturday, our guest here on Winnipeg Sports Talk. A uh, number of Bomber highlights. One of them, though, it was a pick six from you, Willie. Um, describe the play for us, if you would. Pick six. We had a blitz on. Uh, B.A. came up the middle, got free. Mike Riley tried to throw the ball away. I was on the edge, had contained. Saw that he was trying to just like uh, throw, I guess, throw it to one of his receivers that was running the short route. I threw my hand out just trying to get a knockdown like I usually do. Uh, tipped the ball. Ball kind of just like floated in front of me. Was able to you know, grab it. And once I was able to grab it, I was I was gone. And, uh, you know, I like to take the scenic route sometimes <laughs> on, my way, on my way into the end zone. So 
uh, saw my boy B.A. I was waiting on him to come, but as I was waiting on him to come, I saw uh, a B.C. defender running up behind him trying to catch me. So I had to, you know, turn around and get into the end zone before he tried to tackle me and things like that. And also going into the end zone with my boys, you know, one thing that Coach O'Shea always preaches to us when we do get in the end zone or when we do make big plays is uh, have fun with your teammates, you know, have fun with your teammates. So you see me call my boys over, celebrate with my boys, got the crowd into it. And, you know, that's something that we like to do. Well, uh, the 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 fans loved it too. I was wondering what the uh, the scenic route was a great way to describe it. We were wondering if there was a little more to it. Bottom line, you got in there, another big touchdown for the Bombers and a big win. You mentioned Mike O'Shea. Um, it, it seems it's it's obvious, I think, to anyone that looks at this football team that there is a special culture that's been developed, and part of it is how hard you guys play for each other, how much you really seem to love being Blue Bombers. I wonder how much of that starts with your head coach. And, and if you could, for the fans, take us maybe behind the scenes uh, about the sort of leader that Mike O'Shea is and um, how he not only gets you guys ready to play, but inspires you to play with and for each other. Uh, man, first and foremost, man, Coach O'Shea is uh, a player's coach. You know, he's been in our shoes. You know, he's, he knows where we come from. He knows how it feels to, you know, Put in the work, you know, be uh, be diligent, you know, when it comes to being a football player, when it comes to being a family man and things like that. So he's just trying to grow us as men first and then football players second. And as a man, you can't ask for more and you wouldn't want to play for somebody who, who who's not giving you that. You know what I'm saying? He comes out to practice every day just like us in the elements, you know, throws balls to us, you know, catch balls with us, talks to us about random stuff. It's not always about football. It could be about life. It could be about, you know, something personal going on with yourself, something that you might be dealing with, uh, you know, something. And he's just, a, you understand, one of those guys that, that understands. So, and when he shows you the passionate side of himself about when it comes to the football, when it comes to the process, when it comes to, you know, want more for your teammates, want to play hard for your teammates, play hard for your community, play hard for these fans that come out here to support us every week. It's hard not to buy in to what he's talking about. You know, it's hard not to trust him when he's speaking. So when he when he talks to us, everybody listens. You know, ears go up, you know, saying eyebrows at attention, you know, so because anything that he says is, is, is value. And when it comes to the game, the way he coaches us during the game is so lax, it's so laid back. It's like he's like the uh, Phil Jackson of the CFL. He's not going to, you know, be in your face all the time and telling you what to do, how to do it, or whatever. He's going to give you your points, and he's just going to sit back and watch you work because, you know, he got guys that, that want to go out there and want to succeed. He got guys that want to go out there and want to be the best at their position and make the team proud and make the community proud for the team, for the organization. And like I said, you can't, you can't ask for more from a coach and you wouldn't want uh, a coach that's not willing to go the extra mile for you and go the extra mile for, for the team. You know, Willie, while we're talking about coaches, I'll always remember um, Richie Hall, uh, his 
you know, in tears, being part of that Great Cup celebration in 2019. And, and, and the things that he'd been through here in Winnipeg, some ups and downs before getting to the top. We spent a lot of time talking about Coach O'Shea, but I did want to ask you about Richie Hall, your relationship with him, his relationship with the defense, I guess, because he's the defensive coordinator of a unit that is doing some historic things right now in the CFL. Yeah. Man, it's the, it's the same way about Coach Rich. Man, Coach Rich is more of a, a father figure to the defense. You know what I'm saying? Coach O'Shea, Coach O'Shea overlooks everybody. You know, offense, defense, special teams, and everything. But Coach Rich is more of a, a father figure when it comes to the defense. And the guys on the defense, you know, want to give want to give their all for Coach Rich because Coach Rich gives us his all every day. You know what I'm saying? Coming into the defensive meetings trying to make them fun, uh, making everything about practice, about the game, uh, interesting, you know what I'm saying, giving us candies and things when we when we uh, do good, you know, and just trying to make it exciting, making make uh, coming to work, you know, pleasurable, you know, going into these meetings, like they can be drawing out, you know, watching the same film uh, all day, every day, and things like that, but uh, him, JY, and uh, Stan, they make they make meetings, uh, they make meetings fun. They make meetings, you know, what I'm saying more enjoyable because they give you t- they give you tips about the game, tips about you know the team formation adjustments, and you know, what I'm saying all these little things that make the game go so much slower when it comes because you know the game is really fast. So if you get a, so if you can slow the game down and lock in on something that makes you know what I'm saying that gives you a tip and keys in on something before the game I mean before a play that's vital and you know what I'm saying Coach Rich is somebody that that wants us to play at a, at a play at a high intensity at a high pace and he wants us to have fun like he just wants us to go out there and do us and it's it's hard it's hard to go out there and like play games like. 45 to nothing. And like I said, we still got room to grow because we know Coach Rich wants us to do a lot better. You know, there's a lot of plays that we messed up on, even though we got got what we wanted, incomplete pass, you know, you know what I'm saying? Pass knocked down, sack, tackle for loss, uh, interception or whatever. We still might have did something wrong in Coach Rich. You know what I'm saying? He's not a perfectionist, but he knows that we want to be perfect for him. So, you know what I'm saying? He coaches us hard. He coaches us to be great, you know what I'm saying, great players, great men, and things like that. Like I said, he's a father figure to us, and we just want to give him everything like we give Coach Osh. Well, you guys have been pretty damn close to perfect and were in a lot of ways on Saturday night. I know you would say there was a couple first downs you didn't like to have, but uh, the bar has been raised pretty high for this Bomber defense. You mentioned fun, though, and I have to tell you, from the other side of things, sitting in the stands with the fans over these past few years and seeing this team grow, come together, win that Grey Cup, it's very clear that there's a real special connection between the players on this team, but also um, with the fans that you know you've mentioned, you know, support this team so well. Um, and winning is fun too, Willie. I mean, there's nothing better. That's what you guys go out to do. This team's ten and one. You're blowing teams out on a weekly basis. You still have the eyes on December 5th and December 12th. But is this the most fun you've had playing professional football right now? Man, most definitely. You know, the, like I said, the competition that we have at practice, the camaraderie that we have on defense, you know, the love that we, 
you know, have in the building, you know, from the top to, you know, to the bottom, you know what I'm saying, from the front office to the equipment staff to the training staff and things like that, man, we all enjoy being around each other every day. And, you know, it's like I said, it's, it's fun to go to, it's fun to come to work. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's fun to see the guys every day having fun in meetings, at practice, you know what I'm saying, in the locker room. And, you know, when it comes to these games, you know, and seeing how much fun it is to play with these guys and how much fun the fans are having in the stands, home or away. You know, like like you said, man, I, I, I couldn't ask for more, you know, in a career right now. You know, like this year, it probably is one of the, uh, one of the funner years that I've been having. You know, it's like it's not been that stressful. You know, we've had some type of adversity, you know, in games, you know, being down, coming back, you know, you know what I'm saying, losing the lead to having to take the lead back, uh, you know, at the beginning of the season, giving up touchdowns and then not giving up touchdowns in the fourth quarter, you know, taking the loss to uh, Toronto on the road. Like, you know I'm saying, we want to try to find these things that make us a great team early so we can, you know, so we can keep moving and, you know, go into the playoffs on the rise like we did in 19. You know, we don't want to just be ride like you know what I'm saying, ride like a smooth road. We want we want to we want to get hyped. We want to get, you know, loud and everything like that going into the playoffs so we can have momentum. Well, and and you will have it. Um I mean, you're going to have a, a hopefully a great crowd of course tomorrow folks, Tuesday morning. Um Tickets are on sale for that Western final on December 5th. So it uh, might be a little chilly. Might need to do a special weather with Willie segment that week. Uh, I say that the uh, forecast calls for confetti on the uh, 5th and certainly the 12th for December. For sure. But we'll get to that. You guys have a lot of work to do. Um, but I am interested in the way things work for the final part of the season. First off, you're into the bye week. Um, what's the plan for the bye? I mean, I know this is a little bit of a different time. Traveling's uh, harder. Uh, just uh, staying around the peg with uh, with the girls and uh, enjoying some time away from IG Field? Yeah. Uh, Wayne got me a good little workout little workout in this morning, you know, to start the bye week off uh, right. But I think I'm going to take the girls outside of Winnipeg. We might go uh, to the beach or something like that. I know it's a little chilly, but uh, just showing some some sights in Winnipeg, outside of Winnipeg. I think we might go to Gimli, to the uh, Crown Royal Factory, see that, and just chill and relax and just enjoy the uh, the countryside. Just you know, saying, get ready for next week. Exactly, uh, and still three games left on the schedule. How? Um... I mean, you've accomplished what the goal was at the start, and that was to get that home playoff game to go to the Grey Cup. Um, but as you mentioned, I mean, you don't want to rest on your laurels. You want to continue to get better. Um, how do you and your teammates handle the final three games? And do you know, I mean, will you play in all the games? Do you want to play in all the games, I guess? is that? And do you have any idea about how things might work with some of the star players potentially resting a game or two to make sure you're uh, 100% for that important game to get to the Grey Cup? Yeah, I'm saying like that's the that's the goal right now. You know, we we punched our ticket into the playoffs. We punched our ticket into a home playoff game and things like that. One game gets us to the Great Cup, and we want everybody to be healthy. But like I said, we want everybody to be you know uh, amped up and ready to play in that game and things like that. And it's coming down to the end of the season. Like guys are playing for you know uh, 
accolades and things like that. You know, you know, I want, I know I'm, I'm playing to uh, try to be at the top of the sack, sack chart and things like that. I want to uh, put my, put my numbers up and uh, things like that. But the goal is for guys to be healthy. Willie J, this has been so much fun having you on the program. Uh, I do have to quickly ask you, I mentioned the girls. Uh, your wife, Holly, who's one of the, the best follows for Blue Bomber fans, is always having fun supporting you. Your daughter, Kelly, who's adorable, has turned into a little star in her own right. Saw at the game, uh, Kelly had her own custom Willie J parka. Uh, now, Holly makes those, doesn't she? Tell us a little bit about what the girls, okay, he's going to pick it up right now. Uh, I saw this. This was um, is you you want to take being fans and supporting supporting your guy to the next level. The uh, the Jefferson family is uh, it, it is on it big time. And uh, here it is. How about this, folks? Let's check this out. She looks just about as good as you in that thing, Willie. Yes. We try. We try. But that's actually something that Holly does on the side, doing a lot of custom. I've seen some of the things she's done before, jean jackets and things like that for uh, yeah, certainly a lot of bomber yeah. stuff, but other things as well. Yeah, that's just something that she does on the side. She's very artistic, you know, very creative. And she loves to, you know, have my have my baby looking good at the game, supporting me and uh, what I do. It's and pretty clear. I saw that. I saw that video of you coming back after the game and the little family hug. How important are, are Holly and Kelly and keeping you grounded, keeping you in the headspace that you need to be to uh, hopefully be a back to back Grey Cup champion in a couple months? Oh, my, my family, my family is uh, is number one. Is number one to me. It's like you said, they keep me grounded. I love having my wife and my daughter out here with me to. Uh, to keep me, to keep me humble. You know, I, I need that and I love that. You know, so I love having my wife here to, you know what I'm saying, talk to me, to, uh, you know, to, to just to just be here for me. I love being here for her, just to have her here and talk and to clear my mind and for her to, you know, take take away some of the stress and just to be my peace and things like that. It's, it's easy for me to go out there and handle business on the field and and when I make big plays, I love to show off for my baby girl. Me and you know, me and my baby girl love to dance. And you know, you know, saying so when I celebrate, you know, so I'm celebrating for for her because I know when I when I do something big or when anybody on the defense do something big, she's up there dancing for all of us and stuff like that. So you know, hey. it's, a, it's 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 family first for me. And, and I'm saying, and my guys on the team know it. Hey, dude. We don't want to get you too humble these days. It's pretty fun seeing you guys celebrating all the great things you're doing on the football field right now. Just saying, hey, before we go, and uh, always fun catching up with you. I hope you have a great bye week uh, with the family and uh, come back ready to continue doing what you guys have been doing all year long. Um, tickets go on sale tomorrow. Let's get a message from Willie J to Bomber fans about why they should be getting ready to bundle up and be there on the 5th of December to watch a very special team go to the Grey Cup. Hey, man, it's me, Willie Jefferson, live, coming to tell you, come on down to Winnipeg, December 5th, home playoff game at IG Field. We need all the smoke. Come on down to Winnipeg, December 5th, home playoff game. It's going down. Dark side, tight night.
<laughs> yes, well, the Darth Vader of the dark side is with us himself, Willie Jefferson. Willie, congratulations on that incredible shutout victory over BC on the weekend. Uh, and congratulations on the West Division title. Never thought we'd be talking about it with a month left in the season, but here we are right now. This city will be ready for the 5th of December. We wish you and your teammates all the best, and uh, I'll look forward to hopefully a few more chats with you about more great things you, Bomber Defense, and the Bomber team continue to do. Um, stay healthy, be well, enjoy the bye week, and uh, we can't wait for that game to see you and the boys take, get your trip to the Grey Cup to try to defend that cup. Yes, sir. Appreciate y'all, man. Y'all come on down to Winnipeg. It's for the W. For the W, baby. Oh, the best, the best. Willie Jefferson, oh, uh, you know, we've had the pleasure of talking to a lot of great athletes, a lot of great characters, people from the media, but there is only one Willie Jefferson, both as a, as a guy, as an interview, as well as uh, a leader on the most dominant defense we have seen. Well, I'm not going to say ever, but it's certainly in the conversation right now. And the comments... Like I'm just looking at the comments right now from everyone that has been with us live on YouTube. Uh, Justin Font, I want to run through a wall for Willie. Phyllis, oh my goodness, we will be there. Uh, 100% class act and one of the many famouses of the Blue Bombers. Jeff Kibbelis, the best. Great interview, guys. By God. Um, Nicole J, I'm not even a football fan, but I'd buy a ticket to sit in minus nine for him. Darb, you're, you are the man, Willie. Um, everyone loving it, and uh, I see the hashtag Defend the Cup going in there. So, folks, let's do it. Let's. Uh, I will be there. I hope to see you all there, and uh, I hope that it's going to be a real, uh, a real special end to the home season, but with one more big game for this team to keep this great cup and, um, you know, and anoint themselves one of the great teams in recent CFL history. And, you know, with the culture that we talked about that Mike O'Shea and Kyle Walters and Wade Miller have built here in Winnipeg, um, the uh, amount of connection these guys have with this community, with this fan base, with the organization, um, the future is is very bright. And I know they have the potential to do something we they hadn't done in 30 years, do it back to back. Um, and I mean, what that does to the future of this team and, you know, what might be capable beyond this season, we'll get to at that point. December 5th, tickets are going on sale tomorrow morning. Uh, get yours and I will see you at IG Field. Great stuff with Willie Jefferson. Big thanks to Darren Cameron for uh, helping us set that up. And a big thanks to Willie for taking some time to join us on the bye week when normally there's no media availability. We really do appreciate it. And uh, we can obviously, everybody, everybody in the chat that was with us today, uh, loving the reappearance of the sack chef on Winnipeg Sports Talk. We're going to get to the Jets in a minute. Sean Reynolds coming up. Uh, quick little uh, Princess Auto curling report. Uh, man, we had a Grand Slammer curling on the weekend, and it was an all-Manitoba final in on the women's side. Jennifer Jones, of course, part of the Princess Auto team, going up against East St. Paul's Tracy Fleury. Um, and what a matchup. Fleury scoring three twice, but the Jones team battling back to take it to an extra end. But it was Tracy Fleury with a huge win in the Grand Slammer curling Masters. Um, but we'll look forward to seeing our Manitoba team go for the biggest prize in the sport. That, of course, next month in November 
in Saskatoon to represent Canada at the Olympic Games. Princess Auto, of course, a proud sponsor of curling in the in the province across the country, as well as the Jen Jones and Mike McEwen teams. And if you are um, someone that you know likes to work on things, get some projects going on in the shop, Princess Auto is the most unique assortment of tools and equipment around everything. To complete the projects on your list or start something new is at Princess Auto, where they pride themselves on helping you create the ideas in your head and make them a reality. Whether for your shop, worksite, or home, Princess Auto has it all. Two local locations where you can shop in-store or you can shop online 24-7, 365 at princessauto.com. Um, lots going on over at Little Brown Jug. We've got a Halloween event going on on the weekend. Some pumpkin carving in the afternoon, some treats and whatnot outside. You can find out more at the Little Brown Jug events page. In the meantime, they still do have a limited amount of kegs of the summer lager at 40% off right now. Not to mention the new double, which is a uh, perfect Perfect beer for enjoying right now during the fall. Um, pop down to the tap room if you haven't seen it. If you're thinking about maybe a holiday event, possibly for your business, there's a live link right now at the events page where you can find out about booking holiday parties, birthdays, bachelor, bachelorette parties, and more over at Little Brown Jug. It's all there at littlebrownjug.ca. And of course, pop by and see them on William Avenue at the tap room and pottery. Uh, tap room at patio and that of course is where the holiday festivities will be going on this weekend of course we got a monday nighter tonight the boston pizza lounges have been very busy on the weekend certainly saturday night for people that weren't going to one or the other could uh, saddle up with their friends and watch both the bombers and jets big victories um, but there's no better place to catch up with your friends for the big game than the boston pizza lounge ice cold schooners great pizza the famous boston's wings and much more. And if you're staying at home, you can always order online at bostonpizza.com. All right, Sean Reynolds coming up in just a couple of minutes. Um, but Remo, just your thoughts on Willie's appearance here in the program. By the way, Darb Yor, thanks very much for the super chat. Appreciate the support, my friend. Um, Willie was so good. I could have talked to him for another hour, but uh, very nice of him to take time for Winnipeg Sports Talk during the bye week before uh, he heads out to Gimli and checks out the Crown Royal Factory. Yes, uh, what a what a conversation there. I'm still laughing. Uh, the line that he said, what, they shut out BC. And you're like, wow, what a performance. Like, yeah, we're really not happy about it. They got a couple uh, first downs. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> <laughs> so I mean I don't know what else what else I could add except that we had a good laugh about that one and then he had one other line too that we really enjoyed um someone else commented on it in chat but uh I did enjoy his touchdown on the weekend there was a lot of speculation oh yeah the oh, scenic yeah. route sorry he said he, said he took he, the scenic route he said he took the scenic route I thought that he was so hyped and he saw he had so much time he's like you know what Brandon Alexander got the pressure I'm going to go give him a high five. Some people <laughs> thought he was trying to give Alexander the ball so Alexander could, you know, get the touchdown. But, uh, yeah, he took the scenic route. And then I guess, you know, there was guys caught up eventually, but there was a lot of room. I mean, he could have danced. He could have cartwheeled into the end zone. But, yeah, that was uh, that was another another line as all. Well. Uh, great talk with Will. He really brings a ton of energy. I remember we had him in studio, um, and he is – 
enormous. Like he couldn't fit through the door. He's six foot seven of pure muscle. Uh, I mean, the guy is totally ripped. Uh, what what an athlete, and uh, great that he's on the show and loving his time here in Winnipeg. Yeah, um, we've got lots more to get to in the second hour of Winnipeg Sports Talk. As I mentioned, Sean Reynolds is going to join us in just a few minutes. We'll get all the latest on the uh, Winnipeg Jets as they hit the road. Um, we'll also talk about what's going on in and around the league. Uh, ugly situation in Chicago right now. Brutal weekend for the Toronto Maple Leafs. Red Hot Edmonton Oilers on top of the league right now at 5-0. and um, but Remo, just a, a little bit of a Jets story. We'll focus on the Jets. A couple former Jets had nice weekends for the Montreal Canadiens who were struggling so long. And there it was, Matthew Perot, who was a healthy scratch earlier this season, coming in, getting a hat trick. And I believe Sammy Niku got on the board with a couple of apples too. Yeah, it was it was former Jet point. I sure it's Matthew Perot. You know, we mentioned he was a oh Shonson. He was a uh, healthy scratch. And then, um, you know, came in the hat trick at home. I mean, a guy who grew up watching Montreal Canadiens. I'm I'm very happy for Matthew Perot. Uh, loved him here in Winnipeg. You know, he played, what is he, the human jumper cables. That's what Rick used to call him. Uh, he was great to watch. Celebrated. Every, it was always great. You know, when I was doing social media for the NHL, he would give the best goal reactions. He was always so hyped whenever he was on the ice for anyone to score. And then Sammy Nico, I was happy to him see, see him get a couple points. We know he's had a rough go in terms of injuries and you're not getting an opportunity here. And I saw people tweeting on Montreal that they're happy what they're seeing there. And yeah, Ben Chirot, who Yoel and Mia also there. So a number, a number of former Jets making an impact from Montreal. And shout out to Thomas Grice, who ruined my DraftKings lineup on, uh, on Saturday, minus nine points. I figured Montreal's yeah they they can't score and Thomas Grace really real my rest of my lineup was great but he minus nine is not going to get it done. Well, um, so we'll have more in the National Hockey League as well as uh, hit the cool bet lines a little bit later on. But uh, let's get to some Jets talk right now. We'll try and uh, maybe while we're uh, getting on Sean on, we can get Maurice ready for a little bit later on. We'll certainly get to that. Uh, but let's bring him in. You'll notice that I wore a hat today because I didn't want to be overshadowed by both Remus with this new flow. And, of course, maybe one of the top stories in Winnipeg sports lately, Sean Reynolds' haircut. <laughs> Rennie's back on the program and looking very good, I must say. Uh, how, how are you doing? I know it was a bit emotional when the, the scissors came out, but, uh, man, you're bringing it these days. Yeah, you know, uh, it hits me every once in a while. Sometimes I get over it, and then every once in a while I'll go to, you know, give the old hair a flip, and uh, there's just nothing there to flip. And so uh, it hits you at those moments. But, uh, you know, we all got to grow up sometime, Huss. And I had my grow up moment this week earlier on, and uh, my kids aren't happy about it. They like the long hair, uh, but the wife is extremely happy about it. She calls the shots around here. So th that's why you're seeing what you see right now. How long, how long had you gone without a cut? Like I'd had, I'd had a couple trims here or there, but it's funny because when uh, I, I laugh about it, like my 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 wife wanted me to go back to like the early two thousands bedhead look, right? Like that's around the time when we first met, and she's always wanting that. And I'm like, you can't live in the past, but really, I was living in the past because I was trying to go back to Sean Reynolds circa nineteen ninety eight when I had really long surfer hair, and so it's funny because there was a point I started, you know the. The, the pandemic happened. I got my haircut right before I went into the bubble last year. Not in the bubble, but, you know, uh, the playoff bubble in Edmonton. Got my haircut. And then that was basically the last time I'd cut it other than a little bit of a trim. And I was thinking, because, you know, 
when you're growing your hair long and anyone who's ever grown their hair long knows this, there's that uncomfortable in between where you look absolutely terrible. And I felt like the vast majority of time this last season, I was in that in between looking terrible mode. And it's kind of like, why do I do this? So when you go through that mode, I understand people who are looking at me and saying, why would you cut your hair? When you go through that mode, when you finally get where it looks like good flow, the payoff finally happens after looking terrible for so long. So that's what makes it really hard to cut at that point is you like really do sacrifice a good half year of looking like a complete and total buffoon <laughs> for, you know, a little bit of like flow time. But, uh, you know, I, I, I saw it on Hockey Night in Canada a couple of times. I had a former Hockey Night in Canada producer uh, get a hold of me and tell me, you look really good at the start of the show. And by the end of the show, it's spiraling out of control and you just can't be doing that on national TV. So that had a big, uh, that had a big, uh, <laughs> it was a little uh, nudge. <laughs> yeah. It was, it was like yeah, yeah, a little pushed into the barber's chair. And so that's what it took. So I finally, I finally did it. Well, you're looking good, my friend. It's great to have you back on the program. Um, I, I, I want to talk about the games on the weekend, look ahead, but um, first off, um, fill us in on uh, practice this morning. And I guess most importantly, uh, what we heard from Paul Maurice, we'll listen to it later on, but uh, updates on Wheeler Shifley and their situation as the Jets hit the road. Yeah, it kind of seems like they're still up in the air and, you know, a little bit of a question about, you know, I believe the understanding is that Blake Wheeler, you know, once he goes through that quarantine period of his, whether he tests positive or not, he's able to return. Whereas Mark Shifley, it needs the, you know, two, uh, two um, negative tests back to back. It's almost like him being asymptomatic is is problematic for him right now. But uh, neither of them are going to go on the road with the team. Uh, and so I, I think it's kind of up in the air until we see some of these tests happening here. You, you know, it, I think Paul Maurice is, you know, says it perfectly when he says you got to treat it like a concussion, right? When, when you've got the concussion, there is no timeline. Everyone is different and everyone reacts differently. And it seems to be the same thing with, uh, with COVID. Everyone re- reacts differently to that virus, uh, when, when they, when they get it. And so we'll just ha- have to see how each of those two players responds. I mean, I, I don't think we've heard directly, but it sounds like, you know, the way that, uh, uh, the, the Jets players and Kyle Connor were talking about Blake Wheeler, about him being really bored in that quarantine down in Minnesota, him getting really involved in the group chat. That doesn't sound to me like someone who's struggling mightily with the virus in the background. I mean, we know he's got symptoms, uh, but, you know, once they've got symptoms, the question is how they're going to bounce back. And we've seen in the case of, you know, like a player like Alex Salok, backup goaltender in Edmonton, who's, you know, out for a significant amount of time, or Marco Rossi, the player who was picked one before Cole Perfetti in the 2020 draft, lost an entire year to COVID last year. So that really becomes the concern with a player like Blake Wheeler. Um, uh, we haven't heard specifically about him, but my guess is from what we're hearing about him, it doesn't sound like he's struggling behind the scenes so hopeful that we'll see those two players you know if not this upcoming week possibly the week after that i guess the thing with shifley is because he's in canada and you know i guess there's what if you're positive there's 14 days before he's uh, from my understanding like even if he tested positive today traveling to the states i think is a no-go so they're probably going to be without shifley at minimum for the next three games 
Yeah, and that, that's, I think, what uh, Paul Maurice had alluded to when he referred to the border issues having to do with Mark Shifley. So, yeah, I mean, this is, you know, when you're crossing the border, uh, this is, and I did, I crossed the border to go down and cover that initial California road trip. And there's a lot of, you know, hoops that they want you to jump through and hurdles that they want you to get over. I had to take a test to get over the border. I had to take a test to get back. And I mean, rightfully so, you know, the the health authorities in either country are doing what they can to make sure that, you know, you're not bringing into the people into the country who are, you know, exacerbating the problem. And so that's, uh, you know, this is one of those cases where, uh, you know, the, the greater public good is, is at stake and, and those decisions will be made first before, you know, the, the health or the uh, manpower of the Winnipeg Jets hockey team. So yeah, that, that I do believe is what Paul Maurice was referring to when he talked about, uh, border issues. So, um, without Shifley and Wheeler, they come up with two very big wins after having only one point to show for their first three games. And it's certainly given us a lot to talk about. I mean, you guys had a real interesting KNR show after the game on Saturday night, talking about kind of what we've seen in the absence of those two players. And, you know, I think it's safe to say, I mean, most people that follow this team closely knows how heavily Paul Maurice has relied on Mark Shifley in particular, but the Shifley-Connor Wheeler line at the top of the lineup in the past. And, you know, without those guys in, there was a huge opportunity for a number of players to step up. And, of course, Kyle Connor is the player of the week in the National Hockey League, the uh, the first star. He is um, filling the net and he's doing it with Pierre-Luc Dubois, who was maybe the most intriguing player in the entire roster coming in, considering the season that he had last year. Um, this is the, the this is the PLD they were looking for when they made that trade last year. Well, what have you thought about how things have looked? And maybe let's start with that pair between Connor and Dubois, because it obviously begs the question, when Shifley and Wheeler are back, do they keep those guys together? And certainly Paul Maurice in the past has continued to stay with things that have worked. And I don't think there's any question that this is working right now, Sean. Yeah, I think you got to give Paul Maurice credit for the fact that when they first brought Pierre-Luc Dubois in, his instinct was to put Pierre-Luc Dubois with Kyle Connor. That was the first place that he went. And I think it was, they were like the third line or something like that. They were trying to, you know, and, and this real interesting idea back then of creating, you know, a top three or a top nine scoring group. Um, and that was the first two he went to. So, you know, I think Pierre-Luc Dubois came in and they'd taken a look at a lot of video on what Pierre-Luc Dubois had done the year before they brought him in. Clearly, Pierre-Luc Dubois last season never kind of reached those heights. Now that it looks like he seems to have got his feet under him, it looks like Paul Maurice's initial hunch was right and that those two t- those two players really complement each other. And he's talked about the idea of pursuing that going forward, which I think is the right thing to do. I mean, you know, you've got to... You know, you got to switch it up on the run sometimes during the season. Every once in a while, when you switch it up on the run, you end up finding things out that you maybe didn't know were going to be there. I think that we've clearly found that out between Pierre-Luc Dubois and Kyle Connor. Here's the deal, though. We've seen this in the past. You talked about, you know, injuries and absences create opportunity. We've seen in the past where players have pounced on those opportunities. And then once the players, then the personnel had come back, 
everything just went to status quo, right? And I'll, I'll always, I always go to this one. Jack Roslick uh, moved up into the top six for the Winnipeg Jets at one point when Brian Little was out of the lineup. He went and he was, uh, uh, he was on the, the the center, the second line, and he was the NHL's first star of the week that week. People seem to forget that because we always look at a player like Jack Roslick as a guy who never really capitalized on the opportunities he was given the Winnipeg Jets and to a degree he didn't right you know not the way that Andrew Kopp has been able to get things done on third second first line but Jack Roslick did have a really good showing and then once Brian Little came back he got moved back into a spot that he hadn't really worked out in and there wasn't this idea of okay we found something there let's see if we can work the rest of the lineup around that to see if we can maybe change things I'm fascinated to see how things are going to go going forward because I think the one thing that we have seen out of this is that there's a lot, you know, Andrew Kopp given more responsibility has really shown that he's able to, you know, generate and push a line. And we know we were just talking about it. Uh, uh, Kyle Connor and Pierre-Luc Dubois, they look phenomenal together. To me, this is a sign that the Jets need to start interchanging pieces they are so deep they have so many players involved Nick Ehlers isn't even going yet and this is a guy who if you can get him going is able to drive a line all by himself there's all these assets that have really kind of taken a back seat to the Connor uh, Wheeler and Shifley line to me this is a real call this is the rest of the Winnipeg Jets roster saying that the next generation is the now generation we are ready to go and it's time to start constructing this roster in a way that allows us to take a bigger chunk of responsibility and have more onus placed on us and it'll be interesting to see if that's how Paul Maurice takes this or if we're going to revert to what we've seen in the past I don't necessarily think you know Connor goes there but if we end up getting you know a team that built around the success of Shifley and Wheeler side by side I think the Jets have shown enough here to show that on the nights that they are going they deserve the chance to try and secure that win um Sean Reynolds of Sportsnet and Kenny and Rennie with us here on Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily with the latest on the Jets who practice today and uh probably right around now as we record this live on YouTube heading onto the plane heading out to Southern California to, to begin uh, strangely their second California road trip yeah. of the year yeah Starting third game in, against third game against Anaheim already, <laughs> eh? almost in the books. It's crazy. Yeah. It's like when did he uh, join the Pacific Division? Not too sure about that. Um, but Sean, so let's for a minute entertain keeping Connor and Dubois together beyond the return of those others. Um, where does Nikolai Ehlers end up in that case? Uh, does he play with Shifley? Does he potentially play with Connor and Dubois on that line? Um, How would you see things going if just the premise of this is that Dubois and Connor are playing so well together, we want to keep them together going forward. The other guys are healthy. How would you see that shaking out? Well, I mean, you could you could do that. You could move. I mean, there was a little bit of a in that last game, and uh, you know, it's I, I love doing this, right? I'm doing a hockey night in Canada game, and a lot of the crew that come in are from Toronto, and so they're they watch the Winnipeg Jets. They don't watch it as much as you or I or the fans, and so there was a moment where uh, Kyle Connor and and Nikolai Ehlers got on the ice together, and there was just this like back and forth between them and they got that speed going and you just saw that little flash and the guys in the truck were like holy smokes 
Did you see that? Right. So, I mean, that's a place that you could go. Clearly, you could go there. Uh, I know that Paul Maurice isn't, uh, you know, from comments that he had, he's not the highest on Stechnikov staying up with that line. But I mean, I'm a big believer in, you know, if they if they keep proving themselves with that guy on that line. A lot of other, t- you know, the Jets are so stocked, they don't necessarily have to do this. But a lot of other teams do that. They put two really good players with a, a complementary player, right? And so far, Svechnikov has been that. Yeah, he was a healthy scratch not that long ago, but he's getting it done and allowing the Jets to 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 win these last two games by, by you know, contributing to that top line. You could potentially give that a chance. Or you could move Ehlers up there. Or you could, you know, start getting really creative. We know that Blake Wheeler and Mark Scheifele like playing together. Well, why not have those two on a line and maybe put Andrew Kopp alongside that line and then try making a third line? You've got Statsny, who you know you trust going in at center. If you've got a third line of Nick Ehlers and Statsny and, you know, fill in the blank on the other side, now you're creating that kind of top nine scenario. And then you've got Lowry where he can go in and play the fourth line and you can use that in a way that we've seen Paul Maurice use him in the past. So, I mean, to me, as long as you're willing to open yourself up to the options, the options are limited for the Winnipeg Jets. Do you want to absolutely stock up a top six and, and you know, have a third line and a fourth line you barely play? Go for it. You want to go and try and stretch it and make it a top nine that's really, really hard to stop depth-wise and then still have Adam Lowry in reserve on the fourth line? Go for it. All the possibilities are there as long as you open yourself up to those possibilities. Yeah, and, and and there are. I mean, you know, we could see, you know, I mean, Blake Wheeler has always has for the most part played with Mark Shifley until injuries came up and maybe he would move to center. Um, you know, I've got time for thinking about, you know, potentially Ehlers with Shifley. I mean, if you started those with those pairs, and Paul Maurice has often gone with pairs, with the exception, well, I mean, I guess it's sort of been Shifley and Wheeler, but Connor's been such a big part of that line as well. Um, you know, I, I would have time for Wheeler and Coppin Shifley, but if that's the case and you've got Ehlers playing with Dubois and Connor, who's the first over the boards every night, Sean? I mean, to yeah. me, if you if you load up that line the way that is, to be honest, I think that sort of changes, at least looking at the team, what that number one line is, despite how effective and how important Mark Shifley's been over his entire time here in Winnipeg. Well, and I'm going to go back to something Paul Maurice said in training camp because the idea um, is audacious of of not allowing Mark Shifley to be the guy that you go with nonstop, but or sorry, as your first option every time. But Paul Maurice, I asked him in the preseason about Nick Ehlers and a guy who's potentially on the, the verge of breaking into superstardom. And, you know, the kind of as a coach, what he has to do to either kind of clear the way or manage that situation. His response was to liken uh, Nick Ehlers to Steven Stamkos in Tampa and say what he needs to do is realize this team has a whole bunch of other options and he's just one of a part of a greater machine, right? So basically what he's saying is Nick Ehlers is great and we could turn Nick Ehlers into a star, but Nick Ehlers has to realize that he's on a really good team with a lot of good players and he's just owning part of this, right? Well, if that's how you approach Nick Ehlers or a guy like Pierre-Luc Dubois or a guy like 
Kyle Connor, then that should be how you can also in a true team approach players like Mark Shifley and Blake Wheeler. So to the point you just made about who's over the boards first, if you've got a Pierre-Luc Dubois, Kyle Connor playing like he is right now, Pierre-Luc Dubois playing like he is right now, and Nick Ehlers playing like we know he can play, that's an NHL first line. And if they're playing at the top of their game, like an NHL first line and another line of, you know, Wheeler and Shifley and Cop or whoever is not performing up to that level, then that should be the line that goes over the board second. That's how it goes, because if the rules apply to Nick Ehlers that he needs to approach the game like Steven Stamkos and realize the Tampa Bay Lightning are stocked and there's other options, then Mark Shifley should be able to approach the game that very same way if it's expected of Nick Ehlers. Yeah, and uh, I'll tell you what, it's going to give us uh, a lot of fodder to kick around conversations on uh, our show, on your show, as we go forward. Uh, Let's move away from those juicy storylines at the top of the lineup and talk about some of the other guys. And, uh, you know, Christian Veselainen, it's his first goal in the weekend. I thought he could have had a couple earlier in the game, to be honest. He was, you know, he was active. He was on the puck. He was making things happen finally rewarded um but maybe most importantly and i think he knows what it he has to do to stay in the lineup and that's be good in his own zone and make sure that he's taking care of things defensively but you know there's a lot of talk about him maybe not jumping and seizing the opportunity that was presented for him where are you at now on Vesseline and how important was it for him to get rewarded on the weekend with the uh, red light well, I'll say this. I think that the Jets have a ton of belief in Christian Veselainen. I think the way that they've, you know, the opportunities that you mentioned that they gave him in training camp and so far early in the season uh, are are proof of that. I think, you know, you, you can't really argue with the Winnipeg Jets in their talent scouting and the times that they see something in a player, they are usually able to elicit that from that player. They haven't really done that so far with Christian Veselainen. And I was fully in the camp of saying, I don't think there was a player in training camp that was given more opportunity and more chances to grasp a spot that the team wanted him to grasp than Christian Veselainen. You know, I thought Harkins and, and Svechnikov both played really, really well. I thought Cole Perfetti showed really well. I thought out of all those players who were kind of in the mix in the bottom six, Christian Veselainen was the one who probably showed the least amount of initiative in grabbing onto that. Now, that said, I do think that Christian Veselainen is a player that if the dam breaks for him, he could really open up. And so it's funny, we were in practice today and they were doing a drill and he came and walked in at one point and just, you know, had that posture, that confidence, came in and just ripped the shot top corner on Connor Hellebuck that just beat him. It was one of those shots that, you know, it it it, it just looked like, wow, is what it looked like. And, and you were thinking to yourself, I wonder, I wonder if that's all it was going to take is that first goal by Christian Veselin. And I wrapped up the game, the Hockey Night in Canada broadcast, and I went walking down through the bowels of the uh, Canada Life Center. And I passed him as he was getting his picture taken with the puck for his first ever NHL goal. And the look on his face and, you know, his posture and everything, he just looked like a guy that had exhaled, you know, for the first time in a long time. And I just wonder now if what we see going forward is a guy who now that he's got that monkey off his back can be a little bit more free to play the style of game he wants. You're right. I think he's done a good job of filling in the blanks and doing all the other jobs of a hockey player outside being the guy who's capable of what he's doing offensively. If he can add that element, it is just another, another 
dangerous asset this Winnipeg Jets lineup has? Hey, this is a ridiculous question, but we were talking about haircuts earlier. (laughs) I noticed at the home opener, Veselainen went out and had completely shaved his head. Was that recent? Had he done that? We were speculating that if maybe he had just said, screw it, I'm getting all my hair cut off, and now he's finally scored. Was there a, had had he taken it to the wood throat training camp as well, or was that a new look? I had thought that he did. I, I thought we talked to him once uh, during training camp where he'd had the head taken down or had the hair taken down. Um, I, I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure he did. I think I remembered looking at it and being like, you know, as a as a guy who had a glorious long flow at the time, <laughs> you know, feeling sorry for him and thinking, I wonder what made him make that decision, you know. But now, uh, look like I Ken. Yeah, there you go. There you go. But uh, yeah, I thought I remembered at that time sitting beside Sarah Orleski and maybe we even made some kind of comment about it. And I gave a hair flip, you know, just to try and, you know, <laughs> own the room kind of thing. But uh, those days are over. Those days are over now. Hey, Rennie, quickly on the back end, um, Nate Schmidt, uh, three assists on the weekend. And Brandon Dillon has immediately brought to the team what I think a lot of people had been hoping for for a while, and that was a a, a far greater physical element on the blue line. Um, And that's Nick Cousins about that, if uh, he was wondering. I mean, you know, kind of a a funny penalty, but, you know, I think a lot of the players on the team felt that they needed to do something about that, and it was Brendan Dillon that did it. Um, You know, we're five games in right now. What have you thought about both of those players and what they bring right now to the Jet Blue Line, considering all our conversations last year about what was missing? Well, I'll start with Nate Schmidt and uh, just the idea that Paul Maurice was talking about today and that his ability, you know, to move the puck, you know, puck gets dumped into the jet zone to move it and get it out. Should that kind of element is going to help in all three zones, right? You spend less time in your own zone, getting worn down, less shots on the goaltender, you know, more time in the offensive zone, that kind of stuff's great. But we, we did a pack on it in during the hockey night in Canada game, um, just on, you know, him getting the puck just to the net, simply getting the puck to the net and, we know this year that they're cracking down on cross-checking, so it's going to be easier to go to the front of the net. But I've also said this in the past, and anyone who's played any level of hockey from higher level of hockey, and you know, if you've played a higher level hockey, you're going to feel it more. If you've had to be that guy who goes to the front of the net and takes the punishment that they're able to dish out, especially those of us who played hockey through you know the 90s and the early 2000s when, when guys were able to just absolutely get away with murder and destroy you in front of the net. When you go to the front of the net and if you play a stretch of games where you're in front of the net taking a beating and the defense have opportunities to shoot the puck and you're standing there trying to put on a screen, trying to get a tip, you know, trying to create havoc in front of the goalie and your defense keep passing on shooting the puck then you're sitting there in front of the net and you're thinking why am I doing this why am I taking all this abuse if we're never trying to get the puck to the net and I just think that what ends up happening in players heads is they just stop fighting to get to the front of the net because there's no payoff in going there I thought Nate Schmidt just showed very simply in that last game especially, the payoff that is there for the guys who decide to go to the front of the net. You don't have to get the puck on it. It doesn't have to be a laser beam. You just have to throw it to the front of the net if a guy's there and let him try to affect the play. Now, in both cases, you know, Pierre-Luc Dubois tips the puck and it goes straight in. Christian Veselainen tips the puck and it goes in. But 
even if those pucks don't go in, if they go into the, the, the goaltender's chest and then drop down in front of him, that player then has the opportunity to pounce on the rebound. And whether he scores or not, he can get in the goalie's kitchen. He can create one of those scenarios where, you know, the defense are trying to get him out of there and there's a scrum after the whistle. I believe all those things are signs of healthy hockey teams because you're creating havoc in front of the other net. The Jets over the last couple of years, and I've said this, that when they're not playing well, they, they're a team that doesn't get the puck to the front of the net or don't go to the front of the net. But a lot of times, you know, guys aren't getting the credit they deserve for going to the front of the net if the puck never gets there. And Nate Schmidt is just showing quite simply, you get the puck there, give those guys in front a reward for going there and an opportunity to do something with it. It doesn't have to be masterful. It doesn't have to be a Dustin Bufflin boomer from the point. Just get it there. And I think that that's a mindset that has really fallen in with the Jets defensemen who were last in the league in percentage of points from the back end last year. Now this year, the Jets have scored 20 goals and the defense have 20 points. That's great. Brendan Dillon, just one of the things I love about him, he brings that tough element, but he's that guy who comes in and talks to us, and he's got the biggest smile on his face, and he's the nicest guy going. And what I noticed on the ice is he's he's not a Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde in the way that sometimes you get those nice guys, and then they get on the ice, and they've got like this psycho look on the, their face that they're just going to destroy everyone. He kind of comes up and like punches you with almost like a smile on his face or an oh gosh, you shouldn't have done that punch in the face. To me, it's just a sign of like how tough he is and how strong he is. He's just, he's always making the right decision when it comes to that kind of stuff. And having that kind of guy on your back end who you know is going to take care of your goaltender, take care of the guys in the front of the net, and take care of the other guys on the other team that are, you know, getting out of hand. Uh, It's invaluable to have those guys. It's an element, you know, I know Derek Forbert was a big guy, but I don't think we ever saw him affect the game throughout last season the way that Brendan Dillon has already done so numerous times this season. Both those players were brought in for specific reasons. It's been on full display so far. Uh, and they're, you know, they're mm-hmm. making Kevin Sheveldayoff look like a genius so far, having brought them in. Hey, just before we go, thoughts on the PK. I'm still obviously a work in progress, at least results-wise. Well, I would say, you know, it's back to the front of the net thing, and Paul Maurice did touch on that a little bit today. There's going to be some figuring out how to keep guys away from the front of your net. I have noticed a lot of those shots that have gone in have been from, you know, tip-ins or guys close to the net on that power play. Uh, you know, I, I'm fairly certain uh, the one on on in that Predators game was just floating the puck to the net and getting a crack at it. Um it's, it's going to take some time for these defensemen now. They've lost the biggest tool, which is the cross-check to the back and making life miserable for those players. Uh, it's going to take some time to figure out how to box guys out. They need to go and take a couple of, of lessons on the basketball court because I remember when I was playing basketball, it was all about you know blocking guys out. It's going to be speed getting to the front of the front of the net before your opposition does, and then getting wide and holding them from getting there. Uh, I, I think getting the pressure away right from in tight in the front of the net or from those tip-ins is job number one for the Winnipeg Jets, and I think it's a learning curve right now. Uh, you know, a couple uh, late nights for you and uh, Weber coming up this week. Right. I guess in some ways we're getting a lot of these West Coast games out of the way early, but um, for anyone that somehow has missed you guys so far, fill them in on... Uh, what you guys are up to post-game uh, as part of the uh, ongoing Kenny and Rennie productions. Yeah, well, we usually try to hit it up about uh, 45 minutes after the game or something like that. Try and come up pretty closely after the coach and the players have done 
their availabilities. Um, we also work in, in unison with the boys at the legal curve. They have a post game show that they start up right afterwards. We try and come out of them and they try to lead into us. Great guys to help us out in that, in that regard. Um, but yeah, just come on. We chat for, for an hour. Uh, the, the, the chat room is always really busy and we really do try to base the show off of the chat room. So if you're sitting there after the game and something's bugging you, or you've got a question about something, that's the idea is come on and ask it. And that's what the show becomes about. It's kind of like those old choose your own adventure books. Uh, come on the show, ask us a question myself or Ken, get it in there and we pop it up on the screen. And that's the direction we take the show in. We have a lot of fun doing it, just like we have a lot of fun with you. Uh, you know, follow your lead and how you handle things. So, uh, yeah, it's uh, come check out the Kenny and Rennie show after the games. We enjoy doing it. We enjoy having you. And uh, the, the the audience is the star in the Kenny and Rennie show, because let's be honest, Ken nor I have much in the way of star power. <laughs> Give me a break. Um, by the way, the link is, if you look, Remus just tweeted it out. If you haven't already subscribed on YouTube, hit that in. Make sure you join the guys after the game. All right, on the way out, speaking of the chat, I usually try and ignore these maniacs so they don't distract me when we're having great conversations like we've had today. Uh but I am with, I believe it was waiters and a few other people. Can you please show us that ridiculous photo in the background right now that's sitting underneath the, um, under oh, your, uh, your press passes? This one. Yeah. Yeah. That this one. one. Okay. This is, uh, this is my college roommates from Ryerson university. Um, and this is, so this guy right here, Billy Duke is actually my boss now, or he's just moving to a different position, but I kind of put it in as a bit of a joke to him because, uh, he will watch the Kenny and Rennie show. And so I wanted to throw it in there to have him, have him on full display. It's like the guy at the top beside you sort of looks like Remus. Well, yeah, a little bit. This is my friend, Andrew Watts. Uh, he actually passed away about three years after this from cystic fibrosis. It's another thing. I keep this in the office all the time because these are, uh, they're my boys for life. They're really good people. And we, I like to keep the memory of Andrew, but a, a big, a big reason is, is this guy right here, Billy Duke, uh, again, works at Sportsnet. He's my boss. Brilliant, brilliant mind. And, uh, you know, you got to take the piss out of them somehow every chance you can. You don't get to tell your bosses off anymore. I used to do it all the time. This was the only way I could. Dude, that is an absolute classic. Uh, looking forward to your show tomorrow. Thanks so much for doing this. And uh, will you and uh, you and Ken be doing any uh, Sportsnet.ca stuff this week that we should be looking for? Um, well, we're going to be doing on, on Thursday, we're going to be doing our back to our long form journalism, long, uh, interviews after your show coming out of your show. We Great. had so much success, um, with it after, uh, after uh, we started coming out of your show, just because, you know, you got such a great audience and we have a little bit of a crossover in our audience. So again, we appreciate you, you know, providing the opportunity and kind of pumping our tires for that as well. So we've got that going on th on Thursday as well. Perfect. I kind of take it day by day with what's coming on sports.ca. They'll, they'll assign us and we'll figure it out at that point, but uh, we'll try and give people a heads up uh, oh. if that's happening. Awesome. So we'll go back to the KNR WST tag team match where we will tag off to you guys at three o'clock on thursday i'll look forward to that sean always great having you on the program uh, enjoy the game tomorrow night and we will look forward to your post game show with ken that uh, late night tomorrow after the ducks jets game you bet thanks for having me on i've missed this it's been too long <laughs> let's do it again soon there it is the one and only sean reynolds 
Uh, you can give him a follow on Twitter at SN Sean Reynolds. And of course, tomorrow, about an hour or so after the game, he and uh, Ken will get it going. I see first. And then Thursday afternoon, for those of you that watch WST live on YouTube, right after we're finished at three o'clock, we will turn it over to uh, Kenny and Rennie for uh, their weekly show. Should be a great day of sports talk here in the peg on Thursday afternoon. Uh, okay, we're going to hear from the coach. Do want to thank Not AutoCorp for their support of Winnipeg Sports Talk. Been telling you the car lab is open. Why not get in the lab at the Winnipeg Car Lab? Saw a really cool piece on the weekend where they did a time lapse of a full vehicle wrap they were working on. Pretty amazing stuff. You can follow them on all the socials at Winnipeg Car Lab. And as far as Not AutoCorp not Auto Corp goes, uh, if you are looking for a new vehicle, why not get into the car of your dreams at a great price with the help of the Not team? Go down and see them and everything on the lot at Waverly and McGilvery. Or you can start your search by checking them out online at not.ca. Uh, well, we had to hoist a few Canadian clubs to uh, the Bombers Saturday night at IG Field for that unbelievable beatdown of the BC Lions, 45 nothing. I know there's a few CCs in the downtown area being cheered after that big Jets win. And all in all, it was a great weekend. And the weekend's always better with a little bit of the great taste of Canadian club. You can get that at all Bomber games and events at IG Field is the official sponsor of the Bombers. And of course, you can pick up the great taste of Canadian club at your local Manitoba Liquor Marts. And, uh, you know, Nick and Nikki are still doing it over with our friends at Dairy Queen. Four locations in Winnipeg for the Nick and Nikki DQ Group, DQ Neverville, DQ Northgate, the DQ at Polo Park, and Dairy Queen on St. Anne's. Serving up those amazing hamburgers, french fries, chicken fingers, but the star of the show is always the ice creams, blizzards, take-home treats, and... If you're having an event, maybe a little party, be the hero. Get one of those DQ ice cream cakes. If you want to order online in advance and just pick it up at any of the four locations, you can hit them up on Instagram at DQ Manitoba. All right. Great Jets conversation with Sean Reynolds. If you're popping in now, you missed a great long interview with Willie Jefferson. Make sure to pop back and check that in the first hour of the program. Uh, but just sort of continuing the Jets conversation after talking with Sean, let's hear what Jets head coach Paul Maurice had to say after a practice before getting on the plane this afternoon to start the road trip out in California. Here's the coach. Go ahead, Weaver. Morning, Paul. Uh, what can you tell us about uh, the potential for Blake and, and Mark to join you uh, later as they get closer to their times or the next marker i guess for them please yeah nothing new i don't have a we can't have a timetable until they hit certain goals so then there's the, always the considerations of flying back and forth across the border and things of that nature so they, they're not uh, starting a trip with us okay thank you and just one quick one uh, you spoke about uh, pierre-luc dubois a little bit on saturday what does it mean when a player plays with that confidence and, and where do you see it in his game right now? I think you want to get a good idea from a player of what they're good at um, and what their typical game looks like. And then that really helps you find the right pieces. It's also a good indicator when some of those things aren't happening that you, you need to be more mindful of the player's game. So we think that he can do a bunch of things exceptionally well. Um, we're starting to see that speed 
uh, taking the pucks to the net, along with playmaking and those other things. So, and when you're confident, you're more likely to see the true player, and then you can find the right confident, the, the right things maybe to help him uh, continue on with that. So he's. You know what? He worked really, really hard this summer. He had such a difficult year. It was like everything stacked up against him, almost to the point, Ken, that I, I don't know that I I would say I know the player yet. I'm still learning about his game. And and we like what we're seeing here now. So, you know, it's still going to take still a young man. And, and there's lots to his game where he will grow and get, you know, better. Um, but there's lots to like right now. Go ahead, Mike. Mike McIntyre. Thanks, uh, Paul, obviously the salary cap poses its own unique challenges. And just wondering, like, you're going out on a three-game road trip here. Is it your understanding there's just no room right now to add any other bodies here that you got to go with just the, the basically the, the 18 healthy skaters that you have? Correct. And I guess you guys talked a lot last year about being comfortable being uncomfortable how uncomfortable does does that leave no, I, mean, I think there's there's ways for us to deal with a situation when a player goes down what we're getting comfortable with you know so it's, we might have to play short for a game and that's happened a whole bunch of times in the nhl over the last year with gap and then you have emerging call-ups and those kind of things so there's ways to remedy that um and then you're right, getting comfortable means making adjustments. So we're, we're working with 11 and 7 right now, and, and we like it. So there's a, a, something that you find through maybe this adversity. And I don't even know if I would call it adversity yet. we got a healthy guys in the lineup, and we haven't back-to-back any games yet. So our challenge right now is, you know, this will be our fourth kind of trip to the West in, in the calendar month of October. Um, but we got good legs. We've had time between games. Um, getting um, maybe 11 in some ways forwards kind of keeps these guys in a little better rhythm in the game and you know, it might be part of why we've put some pucks behind the goalie. Uh, we, we've had a pretty good offensive outburst here in our last three games, so that 11-7 and seven idea. Go ahead, Ted Wyman. Thank you. Uh, Paul, Kyle Connor was just up here a little bit ago and talking about how every he felt like everyone needed to step up with Mark and Blake out of the lineup. And he obviously really has in the last few games. Is he learning how to be a leader? Is he developing into a guy who's more of a leader than he has been in the past? Yeah, I think what happens is these guys realize that they're not just playing on the team. They're part of the deciding factor of whether we win or lose. So a new guy comes in and they're just trying to survive or, you know, you've got your older established veterans that kind of set the tone of the room and you're out there playing, whether it's injury or sometimes just age, players realize, you know what, if I'm not at my best most nights, I really hurt our team's chances to win. So they they take on a new responsibility that, that it's not. And, and usually what happens, you'll start to see it actually in the defensive side of the game. Players that are goal scorers are also back-checking now and competing on walls because they understand the entire game is important. They don't just have one job. Uh, but there's a maturity that comes with that realization that, hey, it's, I've got to step up. We're not winning without me, you know, kind of idea. Hey, go ahead, Sarah Oleski. Sorry, trying to figure out the unmute. Um, Paul, just what do you hope that it says about your group, the way that you've been able to play without having Mark and Blake in the lineup right now and some of the adversity that you've been facing? I, I think that 
that we have players. There's there's a kind of a group of guys, and we'd say the Vesselinans, maybe in Harkins, and these guys uh, understanding the value of an opportunity. That this is this is their time to get more minutes to to push themselves into a a more minutes uh, conversation. Um, and that you build a confidence and a faith maybe that you get to keep all year because you're going to have injuries and you know that you're going to have uh, adversity through injuries and that you want to have success with it. So three months from now, you lose one or two guys. Uh, you, you, that feeling of dread doesn't creep into your room. It's more we've done this before and, and we're capable of winning hockey games and playing well uh, even with important pieces out of our lineup. Have a follow-up, sir? Yeah, I do. Just if I could, uh, I think we were uh, to believe that Mark uh, was asymptomatic meeting, beginning. Can you let us know whether or not that continues to be the the case right now? Um, I can throw Scott Brown under the bus and back it up. All information about testing can be uh, call Brownie, just so we don't have four different voices releasing that kind of information. Brownie will give you that kind of information. All right, so there you go. Head coach Paul Maurice with some of his comments, and uh, yeah, we'll get we'll get a uh, we'll get a comment from Brownie to uh, see what's up. I mean, I think it's pretty clear right now. I mean, if the guys were able to play, they would be. Blake Wheeler's still in Minnesota, finishing up his quarantine. Uh, I guess there would be the potential that he could join the team at some point on this trip. Um, you know, once his quarantine time is done, if he's clear. But with Mark Shifley, the border issues that we understand. Um, you know, not being able to go in the United States for 14 days creates a bit of an issue for Mark Shifley uh, in any of these next three games. And then, of course, the team's back here for a little while, at uh, which point I think we all hope we'll see 55 and 26 back in the lineup. Thanks again to Sean Reynolds. Great conversation with him. And, of course, we'll have much more on the Jets tomorrow before the, was it 9 o'clock start? 9 tonight, and then the, the 9.30 game later on the week against the LA Kings. So uh, I see and Kenny and Rennie will be uh, definitely working the graveyard shift tonight, but definitely well worth checking out after all of Winnipeg Jet action. All right, we've spent a lot of time talking Bombers, obviously. We've spent a lot of time talking Jets. There was a number of things that we did want to get to over the course of the weekend. Let's get Remus back in here and... Well, let's go for the good and the bad of the weekend. Um, the first good, obviously, which we've spent the majority of this show talking about, was the performances of all our Winnipeg teams. Jets bouncing back after a tough start without Shifley and Wheeler getting two big wins at home, riding the ship a little bit, although the PK is still somewhat concerning. They're heading on the road. The Bombers' performance speaks for itself. 45-zip, a complete humiliation to the BC Lions. They clinch the West, and on Tuesday... That's tomorrow in the morning, 10 a.m. Tickets go on sale for the West Final. Let's fill that place. This team certainly deserves it. Two nice wins for the Moose. Home opener on Friday. And shout out to the winners from the show. Got some nice tweets back from uh, from the guys that won. Got a chance to bring their kids out and really enjoyed that game. Wasn't a lot of scoring. Mikhail Burden, though, did make a 22-save shutout. The Moose won. Cole Mayer got the winner. And then yesterday afternoon, it was Arvid Holm with his first win as a professional here in North America. Cole Perfetti scored on the power play. And David Gustafson, who has been the driver for the Manitoba Moose so far this season with the shootout winner, as the Moose have a perfect weekend with two wins. And then there's the ice. The ice went into last night at 8-0. They were down 4-1 with nine minutes left in the game. 
no problem. They score four times. Connor McClellan in the last minute, McLennan in the last minute scores. The ice are now nine and zero, the number one team in the Western Hockey League. Uh, after that big comeback win. Um, and the Moose are off all week, but they do have the big Halloween weekend coming up, 2 o'clock games on Saturday and Sunday. We'll talk maybe a little more Moose later on this week, maybe get a player on as well. Um, but as far as the ice go, they've got a very busy week on the road. Uh, they're playing tomorrow in Red Deer, Wednesday in, Fr- Wednesday in Calgary, Friday in Edmonton, Saturday in Lethbridge as they try to continue this incredible run out of the gate of perfection at 9-0. and oh, uh, And I mentioned the Bison football team did lose their first game of the year, dropping a 26-24 decision to the UBC Thunderbirds. Now, personally, uh, last week, you recall, I was despondent coming into Monday. I had a terrible weekend. It was sort of the opposite of this weekend. The Chiefs won but I didn't. Uh, I went over in the lock shop. It was there was a couple terrible bad beats. I did say I was coming into this week on to week seven, and man, did we do it! Ran the table, perfect against the spread. We went five and zero in the circuit contest. A lot of people that parlay the picks got winners. Love seeing those notes yesterday. So that was great. The problem was was that one of the picks was Tennessee plus five and a half. I certainly thought that that would be a close game. I didn't think for a minute that the Chiefs would get their asses handed to them like they did by Tennessee. I mean, the thought of a Pat Mahomes-led offense scoring only three points, almost inconceivable, and yet that's what happened yesterday. Um, I know a lot of people in the chat room are on me to mention to it. I mean, listen, they're not very good right now. I I don't really know what to say. Um, You know, the... The biggest problems are on defense. I mean, the Chiefs did go into last week scoring the most points per possession in the National Football League. Um, but, you know, Mahomes is pressing right now because he has to. And that's not a place where he's been before in the last couple uh, last couple seasons. Uh, but the defense is atrocious right now. Frank Clark's stealing money. A lot of guys aren't playing anywhere close to the way they had. And the guys that they brought in simply aren't getting the job done. So, yeah, the Chiefs are in, in, in a in a tough spot. I still think they can be a playoff team. I have a feeling my uh, $40 bet with Ryan Friesen from the chat that they'll be back in the AFC championship game. Not looking great right now, but there still is a lot of football left. Um, All that being said, though, it's incredibly disappointing from a Chiefs fan's perspective. Um, This team has way more talent than they've shown right now. Um, And you know what? They've been able to beat the bad or mediocre teams, but you look at their losses, the Ravens, the Chargers, the Titans, the Bills, these are probably the top four teams right now. And I mean, they barely beat the Browns as well. So anyways, ugly times for the Chiefs. We've been spoiled the last few seasons. Uh, But before you guys start putting dirt on Patrick Mahomes, don't worry about him. Uh, It's the rest of the team that concerns me. And uh, it might be a lost season. Um, They certainly aren't looking to add or do a bunch right now because of where they're at. Got to win some games. They got the Giants on a Monday nighter, but then I think they've got the Cowboys, the Packers. Um, it's uh, They're playing a first-place schedule, and it hasn't been kind to them so far. So, uh, yeah, tough weekend for Chiefs fans. But, uh, but Remus, as you well know, you can have your team lose, but if you win all your bets, you know, it's a, it, it's a, nice, a nice way to get over the pack that your team is sucking. Who really cares about like having a favorite team? All we care about is winning in fantasy and winning your bets. So that's welcome. Welcome well, to being a sports fan in 2021. <laughs> favorite well, teams. That's not necessarily the, the case. Yeah. I, I'm down with my teams, but I will tell you this. 
a team that won me some money on the weekend that we need to talk about with the performance of the weekend. Who day? The Cincinnati Bengals going in and laying one on the Baltimore Ravens at M&T Bank Stadium in Baltimore. Um, I, I mean, I've been a fan of Joe Burrow. I was very unsure of what he'd be like coming off that horrible knee injury last year. Uh, we talked about them picking Jamar Chase. Everyone said that they were idiots for not taking Penny Sewell, who was the top-ranked tackle on the board. Well, it seems like they're keeping Joe Burrow's jersey clean. And most importantly now, Jamar Chase has had the most incredible start to a receiving career in NFL history. Um, But Reem, what do you think? The Bears or the Bengals, for real, top of the AFC, top of the North right now, and a win that has been a long time coming for a team that had been really a laughingstock in that division and doing it against the division-leading Bravens in the fashion that they did, to me, clearly the most impressive performance of the weekend in the NFL. Man, this Jamar Chase, uh, he is setting records for receiving by a rookie. Um, you know, it seems what he had that play yesterday for the touchdown where he ran uh, across the field. Uh, this guy is awesome to watch. I was kind of at the camp too. Yeah, you know, draft an O-line, keep this guy upright. He got hurt, Burrow got hurt, but I thought he was pretty good. But they have three very good receivers. They managed to, you know, still patch up that O-line. And, uh, yeah, we thought, you know, the Ravens last week after they beat up the Chargers were looking like Super Bowl contenders. And here come the Bengals beating uh, beating the Ravens. So I just think it's still, you know, a bit up in the air. There are a lot of, vi- there are a lot of very good teams. Uh, unfortunately, has, uh, I have to say the Chiefs not looking as good as some of those other teams. And I forgot that you had that $40 bet with Ryan Friesen, and I'm sitting here laughing at the idea of you paying Ryan Friesen money who's <laughs> – if you don't know who Ryan Friesen is, he's every day writing ridiculous comments in the chat. Who some people, a lot of people don't like him, but I find him kind of some of the ridiculous comments got me going into making that bet with yeah, him he in the first you. place. <laughs> he yes. did well. Listen, we're not, as I said, we're not putting we're six, six, seven games into a 17 game season now. So, um, you know, I, th- I think we'll see better from the Chiefs. God, we better. Um, but even just a bit better isn't going to cut it right now because the AFC is really, really stacked. That game last night was something, and not necessarily, well, I'll say this. I thought Wentz was great. Jonathan Taylor is an absolute beast of a running back. The Niners are struggling right now, but what was crazy about the game last night was the weather in it. We were basically playing in a hurricane for the most Mm -hmm. part last night, and yet it still went over. Yeah, I mean, Jonathan Taylor, uh, he's good. He can run the ball. Debo Samuel was back. Uh, I think it's tough to play defense. It was wild weather to watch. I mean, it's pretty cool games like that, but um, it was it was definitely an entertaining one there. Sunday night football uh, yesterday, and then we've got the uh, we've got the Monday nighter tonight: the Steelers and the Seahawks. Geno Smith at home with the twelfth man. Um, well, anyways, we'll see about that game. The, the, the one bit of Seahawks news I do want to talk about, Remo, and we can kind of finish the show with this. Mm-hmm. The Kraken had their opening game on the weekend, and um, it was a devastating loss for the Kraken, their fans, and people that had bet on them, take it from me, um, who blew a beautiful four-game parlay, blowing the uh, lead with seven minutes left in the game. But an awesome atmosphere. That arena looks incredible. But the funniest thing I caught out of the weekend was that picture that you sent me of Russell Wilson, who um, 
got a his own Kraken jersey with number three on it, but made a point of making himself captain as well. Yeah, here, let me pull it up right now. One thing you forgot to mention, uh, maybe conveniently, or you just forgot about it, but Tom Brady hitting 600 career touchdown passes. First person ever to hit 600. Uh, absolutely incredible accomplishment. And I was watching, I was tuning into the Kraken game, and here's the picture Russell Wilson and Ciara. There he is, making a Kraken jersey three with the captain. She's also the captain. Who wouldn't want to be the captain? Huss? That C I, is for Sierra, actually. Oh, is that what it's for? Okay. Russ is the captain. The C is for Sierra. <laughs> but I thought it was awesome. That arena, uh, super cool. Those windows on the side where people on street level uh, can look in. Uh, I think they have, like, curtains up. Uh, pretty cool. You know, Vancouver going to be the rival. And I don't know, I was feeling pretty rough about the uh, concession prices here at Canada Life, you know, paying $10 for a beer. No one likes doing that. I don't know if you saw the concession prices of... Um, yeah, they had a bunch of ridiculous things like, oh, yeah, let's go quickly grab a, a Diet beer. Coke and a steak tartare. Yeah, who wouldn't want a steak tartare at a game? What do you mean? You don't want What that? even is that? I think it's steak that's not not cooked all the way is that what <laughs> sounds awesome here here's the uh great fan food here let me bring up the thing you can't i'll read it out here i got a domestic can of beer 13 bucks premium can 14 craft can 16 what do you got a, co- a starbucks is 10 bucks t8 soda eight yeah prime beef dip is your top concession item and shout out to rob williams uh, for tweeting this out i retweeted him uh 24 bucks What's your cheapest? The hot dog is eight bucks. What's a bake maple glazed bacon skewer? Sixteen pickle fried chicken sandwich. Nineteen roasted bone marrow. Twenty and not your traditional. Come on, uh, <laughs> can't wait. Yeah, the tenderloin steak tartare is twenty one, and the beef tenderloin sliders is twenty two. Not your traditional arena food here. On the, is this on the like list. a hipster whiskey tasting bar or something like that, or is that a hockey game? It's the Climate <laughs> Collective at Climate Pledge Arena. So the Climate Collective. The coolest thing about the stadium. I don't know if you saw any of these pictures, folks. You can search the internet if you have it. The this the state. I guess if you're on one of the levels, mm-hmm. the lower level, you can go up the escalator, and at the top of it. They've got LED screens on the ceiling to make it look like you're underwater. What? Uh, it, it, yeah, yeah, it is. Well, it's mind blowing. When, when are the Jets playing in Seattle? I, I'm not sure. The other, okay, the other thing that was cool was the. Um, did you see the walkway where they walk onto the ice? Uh, looked like with the weekend's um, <laughs> halftime show. <laughs> <laughs> From the Super Bowl? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me just pull it up. Yeah, I thought it was, everyone's like, oh, everyone's going to have to compete with the Kraken uh, walkway. And of course, I'm not the first person on Twitter to make this joke, but uh, I can't find the picture online. But they, I, you know, they spared no expense on that. It was like over a billion dollars. They had to, re- the roof of the old Key Arena house, it was like a historical landmark in Seattle. And they had to preserve the roof, lift it up, and build this arena. And they've been arguing about doing that to bring a basketball team back for a long time. Uh, it was pretty cool to see. I think the people there are jacked about hockey. You know the the best-selling jerseys for the Kraken early on? And they're, like, passing Vegas for jersey sales. Number one, I think, is Grubauer. But number, number one, two, I was going to say, would be Tanev. Well, he's, I, I don't know the order, but one and two are Grubauer and Tanev. 
And amazing that Tanev, I don't know if it's like the his headshot or the way that he plays. I mean, you got to love that guy. We loved him here. But uh, that I wouldn't have guessed that he would be like the one of their top selling jerseys. And well, the funny thing is, is he did it before playing a home game. I mm-hmm. mean, he had three goals. He had That's three true. goals in the first couple of games, and I think everyone was watching the games. And you know, I mean, you can't help but notice Brandon Tanev when he's out. I had no idea that he'd be a fan. I know doubt that he'd be a fan favorite. And then when the team came back, I saw I saw a picture from the pro shop, and they had you know each player you know with all the sizes in a in, in a in a. a cupboard basically uh there was all these adam larsons and then next to it was just empty 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 and it was all tan of 13 so uh big run on tan of so the jets play ah this is unfortunate thursday december 9th in seattle quick back-to-back road trip at seattle at vancouver i mean and i guess there's only one game in seattle this year so just it would be reversed next year so i guess the jets will have two games in seattle next season Mm -hmm. But that certainly is on the list oh. for a road trip. I would like okay. to go and see. The other thing that Seattle did at the game before it started, we have to touch on this. They retired the number 32. <laughs> yes. Because they're, what, the 32nd team and, what, 32,000 people deposited for season tickets when they announced it. Uh, retiring number to 30. Re- yeah, retiring number 32. What, thoughts? Uh, Well, I mean, it's kind of one of those things that doesn't really matter. You know, Seattle, they've got the 12s when it comes to the Seahawks. So I guess they're the 32s when it comes to the the, the, the NHL. Uh, I'm not sure. Um, It was interesting. I'm not sure. Maybe we'll see. I mean, I always thought it was so weird that like at the Super Bowl, when the Seahawks were in it, we were there with I was with Lyle in New York. I mean, you'd get a lot, you'd see a lot of Russell Wilson's, a lot of jerseys, but the one that you'd see the most was 12. I saw those. And, and the name bar was just fan. Man, so. I, I was in <laughs> Seattle. I, I was in Seattle at like the Seahawks store a couple of years ago. You know, I was walking around. It was all Seahawks and Sounders. And the sales guy was like pitching a person there. You know, if you want to get a jersey, get a jersey with number 12 and fan on the back because uh, that player is never going to get traded. I was going to be, I almost said to the guy, like, that's the stupidest thing I ever heard. But, you know, maybe, you know, people wear them there and I guess they're proud of the 12s. I think it's, that's insane to buy a jersey like that. I mean, people, the one thing I know I've talked about this on the show, like people get really upset when they have a jersey of a player who no longer plays for the team. I mean, who cares? Like it's it's a snapshot in time. I mean, I got a Line A jersey when they went on sale of the Jets. It's awesome. He's a great player here. He doesn't play with it anymore. Who cares? It doesn't yeah, mean. Yeah, I mean, it might not be your go-to, but it's certainly good to have. And yeah. uh, oh, speaking of jerseys, you want jerseys and Kraken merch as well. Royal mm-hmm. Sports. I see Greg at Royal saying, mm-hmm. supposedly they're lifting another banner to the Rafters tomorrow. Who do they think they are? The Preds. Um, yeah, but, but someone posted in chat, 1917, what, Seattle's Metropolitans won the cup? Give them a banner? Oh, that's right. Banner raising for a 100-year-old victory, 104-year-old victory. Yeah. Was, um, anyways, I think it's cool. The, the the merch and the jerseys are all-time record sellers, record setters, and it really is some cool stuff. So uh, if you haven't picked that up, I'm sure those will be on the list of a lot of kids around. Uh, pop on over and see our friends at Royal Sports if you're looking for anything when it comes to jerseys for your Winnipeg Jets Bombers or anywhere else in the National Hockey League. One final thing, Reem, and you brought up the 600 touchdown pass for Tom Brady. Um, I did want to finish off with that because 
what was noteworthy about this was not the touchdown pass. They got a bunch of them. They embarrassed the Bears. I think 38-3 was the final. Mm -hmm. But Mike Evans, not knowing the historic nature of the touchdown, gave the ball to a fan. And I'm not sure if you caught this afterwards, but one of the guys from the team came over to him and he said, hey, uh, you know what, this is a special ball for Tom. Can we... uh, can we trade it with you? And it was a very quick negotiation. Basically, there was no negotiation. The guy told him, hey, we'll get you another game ball and some sort of signed jersey. Um, that's got to be one of the worst fan negotiations of all time because that ball, an all-time record, the 600th TD, if no one had ever done it before, probably worth a lot of money. And maybe it would have been up to Evans to get it back from the fan. I'm not sure. Um but I certainly hope they do better than just giving him a signed jersey and a random game ball because that guy was sitting on a piece of football history that would have been worth tens of thousands of dollars. Uh, maybe not quite what the signed jersey is. Hell, he should get Brady's entire uniform for that game or uh, something else. But uh, he that, that was a tough, tough look for the fan who I think was trying to do the right thing and be supportive of the team. But I think he got screwed. Yeah, I'm always, I remember like the home run balls, the guy who had the McGuire ball. I don't agree with holding that stuff um, ransom. I mean, get, you're not going to get like, what, you're going to hold it and not give and get like 600? I guess so. I mean, what Brady probably has everything you're that he so wants. so full of shit, man. If you caught one of those balls, uh-huh. you would be going straight down to the auction house. You wouldn't even be, yeah. you wouldn't even talk to them about it. I get, yeah, like, I, I guess what do I need to like care about Tom Brady having an extra souvenir when he's like living in a, a huge mansion as unlimited money? So yeah, you know what? You're right. You guys should have just kept some it. Some collector, and, Mitch yeah. just said, some collector said it might be worth half a million dollars. Yeah. Yeah, I guess I guess keep it and what is that half a million of Tom Brady? Well, that's, I would that's like say, a day's I mean, salary. You, you don't necessarily need to hold out for that. Yeah. But uh, considering the money involved in what we're talking about, I certainly hope that fan gets taken care of. Anyways, uh great that, show fair. today. Great well, weekend. Okay, I'll add one more thing. I thought you were going to say it was historic because it led to the two coaches from Chicago getting fired on the same day in the <laughs> Chicago Bears and Blackhawks, but I don't think I don't think that's that's going to happen. We'll touch on uh, the Blackhawks uh, well, tomorrow. I but, listen to it. Yeah. You know what? I'll give a little plug if you are at all interested in what's happening with the Blackhawks. Um, Jay Zawoski, you can find him on Twitter. He hosts a show called Madhouse Chicago, which is, uh, you know, the old rink was called the Madhouse on Madison. And I had to, I saw what happened in the game last night. He did an emergency podcast and I listened to it and, uh, it sounds like it is ugly in Chicago right now. Seth Jones, with his eight-year extension kicking in next year at 9-5 a year, has had a terrible start. Um, well, they just lost 6-3 to the Detroit Red Wings. They haven't led at any point. It's, um, it's a disaster. So, you know, as much as the panic button was close to being pushed here, crank that up about eight times. That's what's happening in Chicago right now. And then there's the Leafs, who had quite the weekend themselves, um, losing a couple times, including a 7-1 beatdown to the Penguins, uh, who are missing all their top guys on Hockey Night in Canada. So um, something's got to give. Next game, it's the Leafs at Blackhawks. Can't wait for all the hot takes surrounding that game going forward. Um, We've got Monday Night Football tonight, as we mentioned. Seahawks and the Pittsburgh Steelers. I don't really know if I have a lean on this game. I might go, sorry, the the Saints. 
It's the Saints and Seahawks, right? I think I've said Steelers a couple times. Steelers are on the bye. Yeah, it's uh, Jameis Winston. It was the Seahawks and Steelers last week on the, was it the Sunday nighter? So anyways, excuse me for screwing that up. I think I do like the Saints. I think it's four, four and a half right now. Uh, I'm just not into betting on Geno Smith. That's sort of where I'm at with that. Uh, but on tomorrow's program, we'll have more on the incredible Winnipeg Blue Bombers We will, uh, who are in the bye week. We will have much more on the Winnipeg Jets as they begin this road trip, still without their captain, Blake Wheeler, and without their number one center, Mark Shifley. Um, and we'll have more around from around the National Hockey League with a lot of big stories happening. Uh, if you haven't already, folks, you can see the little thing on YouTube. Do us a favor. Make sure you hit that red subscribe button. If you haven't already, join us daily at 1 o'clock here. And we're just about at 200 thumbs up uh, likes. If you haven't already, do us a favor. Hit that thumbs up. Greatly appreciate it. Helps us grow the channel and helps other people come and find us here on Winnipeg Sports Talk. Um Thanks so much to Willie Jefferson. If you missed our conversation with the sack chef, that's in the first hour of the program. Great stuff with Sean Reynolds. Uh, and of course, thanks to all of our sponsors, including not auto Corp, Royal sports, the Nick and Nikki DQ group, Canadian club, little Brown jug, Boston pizza, Manitoba battery, Culligan water. And of course the Nick and Nikki DQ group and cool bet Canada. I'll just quickly give you that line for tonight's game uh, before we get out. Again, if you haven't already, you can bet at CoolBet. Use the promo code WST. They'll double, double your first bonus up to $200. And yeah, still sitting at four tonight. So the Saints, four-point favorites on the road in Seattle, taking on the Seahawks without Chris Carson, and most importantly, without their starting quarterback, Russell Wilson. And tonight in the National Hockey League, uh, actually a pretty busy night of games. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven games, including, oh, the Leafs are taking on the Hurricanes. This is the Freddie Anderson revenge game. And uh, if you go to Quebec, Canada, there is a prop for the Canes to win and Freddie Anderson to get over 30 and a half saves. Pretty interesting little parlay that you can get if you like to, um, well, if you're enjoying the misery of the Leafs nation right now. That's all there. Cool Bet Canada, all the lines. And again, use promo code WST. Um, thanks again to all of you for being with us. Great crowd to kick off another week here live on YouTube. Tell a friend about Winnipeg Sports Talk. Make sure you're subscribed on YouTube and on your favorite podcast feed. And we'll be back tomorrow, 22 hours from now, 1 p.m. live daily here in Winnipeg. Have a great night, everyone. Enjoy Monday Night Football, and we'll catch you tomorrow. Oh, my God. Shut it down. Let's go home. Thanks for tuning in to Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. Make sure to subscribe on YouTube and your favorite podcast feed at winnipegsportstalk.com. 